0: We're back, we're back. Yay! <laughs> back like a heart attack. From a long trip to Viva Las Vegas. That was so worth it. Billy uh, Idol has abused himself for many of his 68 years. Probably all, all of them in some form or fashion. Either through drugs, sex, or crashing his motorcycle. But the one thing he's taken care of <laughs> yes. is that voice. True! His voice is... It's so solid. It Like, it does... I mean, age happens to everybody, but yeah. his voice does not, this barely age today.
1: Honestly, yeah. Maybe a little deeper.
0: But and in the just, hot way.
1: Yeah, it really works. Like, he sounds, you would never mistake him for, like, someone trying to do a Billy Idol impression.
0: No, because he's already, he said a gravelly voice from Jump, I said. Yeah.
1: But he's also, he, he has, like, a punk crooner voice. Yes. So, like, the, you know, yeah. So aging really works for him. I mean, he
0: opened with Viva Las Vegas. That was cute. Saying. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're from the 50s. I forgot. <laughs> you are. You really are. It was, like
1: you. The, it was cheesy and sweet and schlocky, and I appreciate it. Because we were in Vegas, and he opened with Viva Las Vegas. The
0: funniest part is when he forgot the words cradle of love yes. in the middle. <laughs>
1: it's like, don't worry, we know it. <laughs>
0: and and, and uh, because he was stoned out of his gourd. He was. Was like that's been that long since I've done this song where the edibles have kicked in <laughs> the edibles have kicked in because I looked it up and it's a set it's a set set list he does this set list every single time wow yeah it was the edibles it was the edibles and it made for an incredible show he was so into it well because he just made Billy Idol noises <laughs> yeah he just cacaoed and out and at us for like, for like a yeah. minute or two and then he remembered the lyrics and he finished it off, and it
2: was yeah. fine.
1: And he's like a testament to how long hotness will last. That's oh, a yeah. hot old man. Oh, he, he, he is ready for it. He can get it. He, yeah, he is. He is moist and lubricated. He can do it. He
0: is on the short list of octogenarians <laughs> that can get it. Like even when he fucking like, took off his top and showed his little, his, yeah. his elderly titties. But the way he revealed it, <laughs> yeah, like he was like, I'm like, like no shade. He could use a lift. Sure. Yes. Yeah, he is like sixty seven, sixty-eight. <laughs> he is sixty eight years old. He can seven <laughs> he could he it like I'm just saying if you wanted to do a lift, yeah, I wouldn't not full peck implant. Let's not be <laughs> let, like you don't want to be weird and be like seventy years old yeah. with like twenty five year old pecs. You don't wanna get weird. That is yeah. Ooh. That would just be not right. But like a little boop. Yeah. Go back to your mid forties. Yeah, like a little push up. Yeah. It's wouldn't wouldn't lift. wouldn't be bad. No. But we hooted and hollered for the old titties anyway. Oh, yeah, we did. Like, Take it off. Also, I don't think he's bleaching his hair anymore. I think it's just great. Yeah, I think he's no. I think he's just darkening the roots <laughs> to try to throw us off the yeah. scent. And it worked. It really I mean, works. it's fine, but I'm like, I don't think that's bleached now.
1: Yeah, but he is sti- <laughs> skinny as a rail still. I have no doubt those. He's been wearing those pants since the 80s. Those jackets are from the 80s, 70s.
0: Yes, that, yeah. From his punk days. Mm-hmm. And I love that all of his wardrobe changes was just a series of different black leather jackets. I know, but I appreciated each one. <laughs> there was like a tux-length leather jacket. Yes. A cropped leather jacket. <laughs> a waist-length leather jacket. Some with texture, some with chains. But. <laughs> it was a lot. But it was like eight different black leather jackets. And I was like, I'm here for all of this. Yeah. Oh, God. Remember the, the the squares sitting next to us? Oh! That God. husband trying to enjoy himself. His wife, it looks like she was eating a lemon. Oh, the, that poor man. Yeah. <laughs> that he, poor, poor man. His dream was coming true that night. And his hatchet-faced wife was just like, I was like His dream would have come true if she had stayed there and ask the fuck where he was at. <laughs> yeah. He would have had a chance of having a good time. But no, she showed up with her mungfish face. <laughs> <laughs> Is re- not And she wouldn't tap her toe. Yeah, which is, that's criminal. It's like, a white wedding, ma'am, really. I, right? I, there are some people that just have like resting mean face and they <laughs> yeah. can't help it. Like, you know, they've got like, what is it, the Habsburg jaw? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that severe underbite and, yeah. and they always look frowny. Their yeah, mouth is just yeah. turned downward and they uh, cannot help it. Yeah. And that is unfortunate for them. But if you don't tap your toe or snap no. your fingers during Moni Moni, what
1: the fuck is wrong with you? You're dead
0: inside, exactly. man. Exactly. You are a dead. Zombie. I. You know what? We should have removed the head and destroyed the brain. Because <laughs> yeah. now she's out there walking, and we don't know what's happened <laughs> Who's to that zombie. Exactly? Yeah. Also, Jeannie learned new lyrics to Moni Moni. Oh yes, I did. I think it's a West Coast thing. You know, because when you do mommy money at the pump, it's laid. Get laid. Get what? And Jeannie did not that. Never. And we I. We did not do this in I, Appalachia or the Midwest. I. I'm so. It's been decided. It was a West Coast thing. And in yes. case you didn't know where you are, <laughs> I am Samara. And I am Jeannie. And this is talk, talk deadly to, to me. me. Oh, Jeannie! Now that we're sober-ish. <laughs> Back from Vegas. And, girl, I had to do a 72-hour detox. Oh, God, that was amazing. That was a visit to the mothership I won't forget. I told you there was more to do in Vegas than just gamble. Yay. It's so true. <laughs> Have you heard, ever heard of Andrew and Robert Kissel? I don't think so. It sounds familiar, but I'm not sure. Oh, well, we're going to talk about very, <laughs> very unfortunate family. Yay. <laughs> wait how unfortunate like poor unfortunate soul kind of oh god or is it like the enjoyable unfortunate a little from column a, a little from column B. i'm ready my body is ready let's go let's go so we'll start where we always Yay. start at the beginning with the kissel family bill kissel was the living embodiment of what many people think of when you think the American dream. Not the George Carlin (laughs) shit, where you have to be asleep to believe it. I'm talking about what we put on the brochures, Mm -hmm. what we put on the PR, that. He is the total facade. Yes, he is that. Alright! Bill started out as a working class kid from Queens, New York, Mm. who would later study chemistry at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. Case Western Reserve? It's it sounds familiar, but that seems—it seems like a goofy name, especially the reserve part. It's—I don't remember why it's called a reserve, but it is still a fancy pants college mm. and specializes in the sciences. Essentially. Right. Um After graduating from university, Bill would also teach at his alma mater. Cool. Um, before moving into the private sector, where he becomes the plant manager. For sun chemicals in New Jersey. Ugh. Better living through chemistry or Bill had a hand in fucking us all. Uh-huh. Both things can be true. You are not wrong about the American dream. Because <laughs> oh, I couldn't be bothered to look up what kind of chemical sun It can't be good. Like, it can't be fucking good. Basically, they're either making cancer drugs and antibiotics or they're polluting the air with pesticides. Mm. <laughs> they're- or both. There doesn't seem to be a happy (laughs) medium. No. I do not trust those people. (laughs) And as Bill rose through the ranks, of course, he earned a very good salary for Mm -hmm. his efforts. Bill and his wife Elaine were eventually able to move their family of five, Mm -hmm. which now included three kids oldest boy Andrew, Robert, and baby sister Jane, Mm -hmm. into a nicer home across the river. In the suburbs of Woodcliffe, New Jersey. Okay, I've heard of Woodcliffe. When is this? Um, Middle 60s, early 70s. Okay. Oh, back when there was an American dream. Sure, or at least... Like, you didn't have to be totally asleep. The brochures were closer to truth back then. There was more financial stability. There we go. Yeah, In 1972... Bill went into business for himself and created Simfax Manufacturing. Simfax? Simfax.
1: <laughs> that does seem like something I'd hear of in like Futurama, something it, like futuristic
0: 50s. You know what's funny when I simfax. typed in the word simfax? Autocorrect wanted me to say Slimfast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that is a sign of the times right there, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, his company made toner for printers and copiers. Huh. And it's 1972, so we're at the dawn of the computer yeah. age, dawn of the information yeah. age. So
1: this would be like for ditto machines and
0: photocopiers, yeah. Xeroxes, personal printers, dot matrix, yeah. all that, all that. So needless to say, as printing and copying is becoming mm-hmm. more and more common, his company was damn near an instant success. It makes sense. <laughs> In 1980, the Kissel family moved again, this time to the uber chic neighborhood of Saddle River, New Jersey. Ooh, fancy. Literally, it's one of the richest neighborhoods in the country. Oh, no doubt. Um, they were able to count the Nixons, yes, those Nixons. Ugh. Richard and I forgot his wife's name because I don't care. Oh, Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> there are certain things that I'm just like I should know Pat, that, but I don't care. Pat I don't I, I don't care to know it. <laughs> right? But they counted the Nixons as mm. their neighbors, <laughs> which shows you how posh that True. area is. Yeah. As parents, Bill and Elaine were firm believers that the family that played together stayed together. Aww. And because of that, the entire Kissel family were avid skiers. Oh, okay. Hey, they chose their sport. Bill went to the slopes once or twice in Vermont, and he was like, this is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> we ski. You know, and it, it's less environmentally uh, horrible than, like, say, golfing. So True. I, I, I'll let him have it. I, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but eventually the Kissel family as a whole will be so well off that I think they own no less than three ski chalets in Vermont. That's gross. <laughs> like, each little pod yeah. of the Kissel family has a ski I chalet. Kind of yeah, We're not talking just one family ski chalet that yeah. they all meet at every year. We're talking like each one has one. <laughs> Greedy. So just to show you what kind of money we will yeah, be with at a certain point. A lot, a lot. <laughs> um, like I said, Bill had done some skiing as a kid, and it was the kind of sport that he felt held the ties that bind. <laughs> okay. All of the Kissel kids would become avid skiers well into their adulthood. That's why they own no less than yeah. three ski chalets. <laughs> That's one of those moments that when I'm writing it, I don't think about it because yeah. I'm so focused on getting the information on the page. But when I say it back, i like, yeah. three skis? Minimum, minimum (laughs) Minimum. three ski chalets in Vermont. Really? I mean, if you had an enormous family and like there was so much spillover, you needed that many. That go stay in a hotel. No, but this is a modest. No, they're not modest by any means, but this is a, a decent, a family of five is decent. Yeah. Mom, dad, three kids. That's an average size family. Just get one big one. Yeah. And take turns using it. Nah, y'all motherfuckers need three. It's okay. not You don't live there. You're just visiting. It also is a testament to no matter how tightly Bill and Elaine tried to make their family be, it's also a testament how they fracture through the years. Mm. If all of them want to ski in Vermont, yeah. But they don't want to necessarily do it together anymore. Fair. <laughs> oh. And everybody Yikes. has enough money to have their own.
1: This is my tantrum chalet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's like one family chalet and at least two tantrum chalets. <laughs> 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 That's a new thing.
1: Tantrum chalet. Tantrum
0: chalet. We'll what take you we? to the lid. <laughs> Lifestyles of the rich and miserable. Oh, that was a... Tantrum chalets. That was a bad sports chalet joke, but I'll take it. (laughs) I'll do it. Nobody got it to me. It's fine. (laughs) In later interviews, a high school friend would say that Andrew and Rob were very competitive with each other, even when they were on the slopes. Like, they were competitive in everything. Always trying to see which of them could... Jump the highest, go the fastest. Mm -hmm. Whatever else you do when you ski, I honestly (laughs) don't know. I've been snowboarding once, and I fell, and I didn't (laughs) like it. And I've never been skiing, but I do love a good after ski. What is it? After after ski? The after party. After you've done skiing, and you go into the little the little house, Mm -hmm. and you get hot chocolate and booze, and I look look, really cute in my outfit, and I'm drinking. I like that part. <laughs> and it's warm. Sign me up for that. Yeah. It's warm. I don't got snow in my butt crack yeah. anymore. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> You're not sliding out of out of control down a
1: hillside.
0: Right. Mm. I forgot the word for it in Swiss. like afriski or something like that. But I mm. like that part. I like the warm, fireplace, yeah, ski. after skiing part. That other shit, you can have it. <laughs>
2: all right. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And Rob never seemed to have any trouble keeping up with older brother Andrew, who was four years his senior. Mm -hmm. All of the Kissel kids seemed to be about four or five years apart. Okay. In later interviews, Daniel, who was a close childhood friend of both of the Kissel brothers, would remember growing up um, with the boys fondly. Mm -hmm. Andrew and Daniel were best friends, and Daniel recalls that Andrew was... A was a good kid that was good with his hands, always building, and always had a vast collection of model cars that he lovingly detailed whenever he had. Hmm. Okay. That's a cute hobby. When the boys in the neighborhood started a street hockey team, Andrew hmm. was the one who built the goals. Oh. And he created a stat system. That would he would later print out onto like little baseball cards. Oh, he would cute! Create baseball cards and make stats for their that's little adorable. startup. Yeah, that's really crap. Neighborhood hockey league. <laughs> Not like it, it's very. It's it's very early eighties. Yeah, it is like very like the kind of thing I remember. Me and like maybe I wasn't building goals. I didn't do that. <laughs> um, but it's very much the kind of. Like a kid should I remember me and my cousins doing in the mm-hmm. 80s. Yeah. Like, oh, we're gonna start a this and we're gonna do a that. And yeah. then you tap your one friend that's good at whatever, and he does this, and this person's gonna figure out how to score it. Yeah. It's very bad. Yeah. Right. Do you, DIY. Yeah. DIY fun. Even though both of the boys were well liked with plenty of friends, Andrew was often described as somewhat aloof compared to his more down-to-earth and affable younger brother, Rob.
1: Mm.
0: Where Rob was considered to be the better looking, (laughs) more athletic, and just all around more popular and fun brother. Yeah, Andrew was a bit shy, tended to avoid eye contact and conversation. Mm. Yet, Andrew was smart and had a subversive sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And later interviews their friend Daniel and other childhood friends, would say that beneath that kind of awe, shucks, shy demeanor, you always got the vibe that Andrew thought that he was better than everybody else. Mm. Yeah. But he was too polite to say it. (laughs) So in my head, I'm like, imagine MJF, but humble.
1: Oh, what? Ah. Like,
0: I know I'm better than you, but I don't have to say it. And you know it, too. Which is why I don't have have to say say it. it. (laughs) Exactly. He was was raised too well and was too polite to give you a full I'm (laughs) better than you and you you know it. it. Very few (laughs) human beings can pull that shit off like MJF. (laughs) It's like you suck but I love you. you right. (laughs) I buy it kid. I buy it. I love MJF so much that I even look past his questionable lipstick. (laughs) Yeah or lack thereof. Well sometimes they put the lip gloss or whatever on him and they look blue. Yeah, and I think that's
1: probably because, like, he needs to, like, resurface his lips a little. I, I don't know what's There's happened. a lot of dead
0: skin to make it look like that. I'm just saying that there's a makeup team and somebody should handle it. Yes! That's all I'm saying. Your lips could be better and you know, know it. No, Exactly. <laughs> When Daniel and the Kissel boys went to a Yankees game once, mm-hmm. Robert had a scorecard and he spent the entire game lovingly filling in the stats. How oh, cute! Doing what you do when you go to a baseball game. <laughs> Almost immediately, Andrew did the same. Mm-hmm. They would like mimic each other in like there was always a low key competition between them. Yeah. And How do you it always keeping seemed... down scores. Well, whose idea was it first? Oh. Oh, it, it, um, who who had better out? handwriting? Who filled it out the neatest? Yeah. Who filled it out the fastest? Who's this most accurate? Ooh. Like what, you get caught up in the game and maybe you miss a square. Yeah. Ooh. And it always seemed to be Andrew trying to keep up with Rob and not Ooh. the other way around. Because yeah. you would think it's the older brother coming. Oh, you know, yeah. The younger trying to keep up after mm-hmm. the older. Um. Yeah, and it was weird. It was he just always said it was a very low ebbing competition hmm. between them, even though they got along. Mm-hmm. They they've got I mean they're four years apart, but that's not that far apart. No. they they got a lot of the same friend group. Yeah, and everybody seems to agree that they got along okay. I mean, they had sibling scuffles, but what yeah. siblings don't? But they seem to like be best friend brothers mm. with this underlying yeah competition competition, like, tension. Mm -hmm. When each of the Kissel kids, this is including baby sister Jane, turned 16, Bill gave each of them a credit card and said, buy whatever you want. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Andrew came home with a very flashy fur coat. (laughs)
1: Oh, what? really? oh yeah wow that's an interesting choice Andrew I came in like that.
0: big pen fist the <laughs> cheese I'm talking big pen <laughs> fist P-I-N-P it's just that jig of man what? <laughs> like yes he yes nice I respect it full effect <laughs> mode <laughs> middle 80s oh my god like floor length fur for, for coat nice <laughs> Like, if Jay-Z was making records, heart then out. that is Hat what... bait Bateman, eat your heart out. If Jay-Z was making records in the 80s, <laughs> this is what yes. Andrew Kissel would have walked in the door with. I respect that. Conversely, four years later, when Robert came home with his, got his same gift, 16 years old, here's your credit card, buy whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. Robert came home with a very nice, yet sensible pair of plastic wingtip shoes from Sears. Plastic? Yeah, like when the wingtips had that little plastic coating shit on them oh, in the okay. 80s. Okay. They made them a little shiny without yeah. being like huh. perfect leather. Yeah. That like, like he
1: got for leather.
0: But I think the plasticky shiny thing was mm. in vogue in the eighties. Okay. Which is why he didn't go with like in the eighties if you had like Banger wing tips, and they were like the hard leather shit. That was like, oh, you're an old man. Okay. But if it's like the shiny, weird shit, yeah, you belong in MTV. Flash. <laughs> yeah. Flash. Yes. So, but but cool. sensible. Like, you could wear them to a job interview, hmm. but flash. Mm-hmm. When Bill recalls these memories and in interviews, he would say that Rob was the all American boy. Mm-hmm. Great sportsman. Mm hmm. Talent for numbers. Mm. A man's man. <laughs> Andrew was very different. Andrew had a great eye for the d- design, mm. fantastic taste, hence <laughs> at sixteen he's coming over with the right? coat. <laughs> <laughs> but unlike his hard working all American baby brother, Andrew liked to take shortcuts. Mm. And it wasn't that Andrew wasn't smart enough to do the work. Bill and anybody else that knew the Kissel boys would say that Andrew was sharp as a tack. Mm -hmm. He ain't dumb. Yeah. But for whatever reason, he never wanted to put in the real effort that it Mm -hmm. took to get whatever he wanted and cut corners at every place he could. Oh, that's unfortunate. I have my theories, but we'll get there. (laughs) As Andrew became a teen... He traded his model cars for the real deal. Mm. This family has got a couple of dollars, yeah. and at like 18, 17, 18, 19 years old, Andrew has more than one muscle car. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, not. He's got like a mini fleet. Oh God. He's always got two or three cars. Yeah. What fucking 17 year old do you know exactly. that's got three cars at home? Uh, no, well,. I don't know them personally. They're out there and they're brats. <laughs> True story. But it, in the eighties, I think it's particularly unusual. Yes, it is. What? So what? Your mom makes you sell one once a year or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like people that knew um, Andrew in high school, all have fond memories of him, his muscle cars, his constant tinkering to get each of those machines just yeah, just right. When it was time to graduate high school. Andrew had no interest in going to college. Fair, yeah. He doesn't have to. He took a he took a job at his dad's company, like yeah. a like a desk job, a sales job. Bill ain't put him on the manufacturing floor or anything <laughs> no, like no. that. He got some sort of like not quite management, but mm-hmm. still soft. Which seems like a shame. He was good with his hands, right? Yeah, yeah. But maybe he didn't have an interest in chemistry. True. Andrew worked for his dad for about a year before starting his own business at 19. Andrew opened a auto shop that yeah. sold basically car accessories for 4x4s, mm-hmm. off-roading, things like that. Sadly, the store would be open for less than two years before it was forced to close the doors. Oh, that sucks. Even though he was on a busy strip and everything, I just don't think there's a market for 4x4ing in Woodcliffe. Hey, not enough. Maybe if you go like closer to like where you do that stuff. I mean, I'm going to say, I mean, there are probably people in Woodcliffe that do 4x4 stuff, yeah. but clearly not enough to yeah support his shop. Maybe they go someplace else to get that shit done. I don't yeah. know. Andrew would eventually enroll at Fairleigh Dickinson University. <laughs> it's like a locally world-famous... Um, New Jersey, like, business school, liberal arts type place. After two years there, Andrew decided that he needed to go away for school. Okay. And convinced Bill to pay for him to go to Boston University. All right. Because he needs to get the fuck up out of New Jersey. I don't blame him. Spread your wings. Be a little independent. It was while he was in Boston that Andrew developed the habit of going low contact with his family. Okay. He never completely cut them off, mm-hmm. but he mostly showed up for holidays and major life events. Hmm. And he could go for months at a time without speaking to his parents or siblings. Hmm. Bill was so frustrated with Andrew's insistence on being low contact that Bill would hire a PI. <laughs> what? To track down his wayward son. No. Oh. Now it sounds extreme, but they were worried. Oh, okay. Like, Andrew didn't go like low contact that he only called once a week. Mm-hmm. He would go three, six, eight, nine months mm-hmm. without checking in.
1: Were they checking in on him?
0: And he never called them back. Oh. So okay. That's weird if they is if he's never picking up. Yeah, they're calling. They're leaving messages, they're paging, he's just going, it's dad, and not replying. Psycho. And that's why Bill hired the PI. There's low contact. What the hell is going on? Where is he? Is he alive? Is he dead? Where is he living? They don't know. Bill is footing the bill for this boy to go to school and he does not know where he lives. Okay, that is weird. Bill barely got a phone number on the kid. (laughs) And I think there was at least one time Andrew changed his phone number and didn't tell his family for oh months. God, that's cold. Later in life, Andrew would say that, when he, that he graduated from Boston University with a bachelor's in communication. Mm-hmm. But in all honesty, Bill's not sure if Andrew actually graduated. Yeah, or even went to class. Like, if you're going to be that low contact. Yeah. Probably just hanging out in Boston, <laughs> basically. All I mean, hang out. All, all Bill knows is that he gets a tuition bill every month. Okay, huh. but he doesn't know anything else. Yeah, he's not in the dorms. Does he have an apartment? Okay, where's the Who apartment? Who knows? Like, Bill knows nothing. Hmm. He seriously isn't sure if Andrew ever finished. <laughs> and Andrew continued to be a mystery after he graduated from college. Hmm. On his long defunct website, Andrew said that he was once the vice president at Shearson Lehman Brothers, which is the real estate arm of the Lehman Brothers that we all Mm -hmm. know and loathe, from 1989 to 1991, Mm -hmm. and that his duties included managing a $350 million real estate portfolio. Mm -hmm. But Shearson Lehman Brothers have no record of Andrew Kissel ever being in their employ. Andrew's professional life was mostly a mystery for his family. They know he went to, Bo- maybe, yeah. went to Boston University for a certain amount of yeah. time. However many canceled checks Bill has, that's how long yeah. he went. But we, they, no, we, we don't know Jeez. what he did. In And later interviews, some friends would report that Andrew said he kept his father and by default the rest of his family at arm's length because his dad treated him like a second-place finisher in a two-brother race. Oh, really? Andrew said that the repeated humiliation at his father's hands as a kid is what drove him to go low contact with his entire family. He didn't see a way where he could keep a close relationship with his mother, Sister or brother without involving his dad. And oh. his dad is the one he really needs to, feels that he needs to keep at arm's length. Oh, that's sad. Bill's memories of Andrew don't match up with Andrew's yeah. actions. Yeah. Um, Bill's memory of their growing up and and their childhood was he hard on the kids? Maybe. Mm-hmm. but he No, doesn't...
1: not that hard if he's handing
0: them like a. A credit card at 16. Like, go hog wild. But he's... But he he does Bill does not feel that whatever problems that he had with Andrew, his father and son, were so drastic that Andrew had to resort to this. Yeah. But Andrew seems to feel that he was just so... Disregarded Cinderella as a kid (laughs) that this was the only way he could be his own person. Okay, I don't know how true that is because their memories of their young life of, of Andrew's young life are vastly different. Yeah, yikes, but then again. I'm kind of inclined to believe Andrew a little bit, just by the way Bill describes the two brothers.
1: Okay, fair. Yeah. Bill,
0: if one's the all-American boy, one's a little weird. Right. So, Aunt Robert is the all-American boy. He's a man's man. Yep. Andrew's smart, <laughs> but he likes to cut corners. Yeah. Like, just those two descriptions, mm-hmm. it does, if I'm going just off of that alone, yeah. it does sound... Like Bill favored Rob a bit, could be. Yeah. But did he favor him so much? Yeah, to cause this kind of chasm, I don't know. Yeah, Andrew seemed to feel that, but mm-hmm. nobody else seems to. It doesn't seem to match with anybody else's memory of that childhood and that family, where Andrew was a decent student, student with low drive. Rob excelled at his studies. Hmm. After high school, Rob went straight to the University of Rochester and followed in his father's footsteps by going into the sciences. Mm. Rob got good grades. Both of the Kissel boys have a nascent intelligence. They're just smart people. Yeah. But he didn't make a huge splash in his major of optical engineering because he spent a lot of time partying on fraternity rel. And in 1986, Rob graduated with an engineering degree and took a job at his father's company just as Andrew had a few years Mm -hmm. before. About the Kissel family. I know. I mean, it's all just kind of like everyone's word for themselves and Yeah. yeah. Like, I I I don't want to dismiss Andrew's lived experience. I, exactly. Whether Bill was actually neglectful of Andrew in favor of Rob, or if Andrew's a hypersensitive special sweet boy. Yeah, who knows? Maybe a little call of A, a little call B. We'll never know. Yeah. But yeah, his his idea of low contact is extreme,
1: yeah, yeah, it,
0: almost cruel, yeah that's that's a fucked up thing to do to your family, just even if you're just mad at one of them yeah he he felt he couldn't he couldn't have the relationship yeah. with his mom and his siblings and not include dad, so fuck it, everybody's yeah. out,
1: but the fact you could do
0: that that seems like such an emotional disconnect. We'll get there, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna leave the rest of the Kissel clan over there to. Stu and Andrew's weirdness. Yes. And talk about Rob and Nancy. Okay. It was not long after his graduation from high school in 1980... Uh, not high school, his graduation from college. In 1986, where Rob met Nancy Keeshan. Keeshan. All right. K-E-E-S-H-A-N. Keeshan. Okay. At the time, Nancy was a part-time student and waitress... And the pair met at a club med <laughs> where they were both on friendship vacations yeah. at the resort. Cute. The that's Car- a real meet-cute. They went to a it was one of the Caribbean islands. It wasn't Jamaica. It wasn't any of the big ones. But yeah. it was one of those smaller islands. It's basically a gigantic club med. Yeah. <laughs> that's where they met. <laughs> and according to everybody that knew Nancy and Rob at the time... This shit was love at first sight. Oh, cute. Anybody with eyes could see that Rob was a man in love. <laughs> like, head over heels. And when Bill met Nancy for the first time, he said he couldn't blame the boy. Nancy Keishin is pretty. Mm. She's full of energy. She's sexy. Nice. And Bill is impressed. Nice. I don't know why it skeeves me out that Bill calls his future daughter-in-law sexy, hey, but we're yeah. just going to leave that there. Man of a certain age. Yeah, <laughs> we'll criticize him for a lot. We'll just yeah. I'm gonna just leave that. Yeah. I'm gonna just leave it because I don't think Bill's bad person, but he's definitely a person of a certain age. Yeah. If you could look at your son's future wife and be like, "Wow, she's really pretty. She's really smart, sexy as hell." Okay, Don Draper, yeah. <laughs> like ugh. yeah, turn it down. Like sixties are over. Like I was with you until sexy as hell. <laughs> yeah. That's where you lost Uh. me. That's when it got weird. (laughs) Where Rob had grown up in a fairly structured and competitive family. Mm -hmm. Remember, they liked to ski together, so there lots of ski competitions and things. Nancy had grown up in a more free-spirited, bohemian. Somewhere in between bohemian and dysfunctional, and I'm not sure which is which. Oh, God. Born in 1964 in the small town of Adrian, Michigan. Nancy and her family moved often. Mm. Um, Before graduating from high school, Nancy had lived in Michigan, Minnesota, and Illinois. Okay. That is a lot. Nancy's mom um, was 17 when she had Nancy's older sister. And her father, Ira, worked in the restaurant business. So we're, we're talking young parents. Yeah. When her parents divorced in the 70s, Nancy moved to Oakland to Oakland, California, okay. Yeah, three, mm-hmm. five, seven, get loose. That's an upgrade from Illinois. And you know how much I love Illinois. But True yes. story. Good for True you, story. girl. California, yeah. So she moved to Oakland to be closer to her mom. And her mom had carved out a nice living for herself as a metalsmith. Really? That is that is awesome as fuck. <laughs> that is so crunchy, California. Like, oh, yeah. That's the free-spirited part. Yeah. We'll probably get to the dysfunctional we we'll get to the dysfunctional oh, yes. part in episode 2 But I'm ready for it. But that's the free spirited part. Yeah, like if her parents cool. divorce, her mom moves to Oakland and becomes a metal smith. <laughs> when 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 Nancy and her sister are going back and forth between their parents, yeah. they're getting a full gambit of experiences. <laughs> right. Nancy would eventually leave Oakland for New York, where she made a living as a waitress and restaurant manager. Nancy was still working in the restaurant business when she met Rob in 86. When she came home from her trip, Nancy told her bestie about the amazing guy that she had met on vacation. Not only is he cute and smart and funny and everything that she had always wanted, he also lives in New York.
1: Yay! He's nearby.
0: So I can keep this going. This is is not a vacation bang. I can keep this going. (laughs) Needless to say, that Nancy and Rob were an almost instant couple as soon as they got back to New York. All of Nancy's friends thought Rob was a sweetheart of a guy, and they were happy that she had seemed to find Mm -hmm. the one. Yay. After a year and a half of dating, Rob and Nancy got engaged. Okay. And not long after their engagement was announced... Nancy found out, sadly, that one of her dearest friends, um, actually, one of her friends that had been with her on the trip, uh, when she met Rob, Allie Gertz had contracted HIV-AIDS Ooh. in
2: 1988. Oh, no. If they, if they, we'll
0: talk about it in a second. Allie Gertz, if that name sounds familiar. It kind of does. It should. We'll get there. Nancy was devastated.
1: Yeah. Clearly. Well, yeah, it was a death sentence then.
0: Yeah. Ali was supposed to be the maid of honor in Nancy's wedding. The pair had been looking forward to not just Rob and Nancy's wedding, mm-hmm. but the next phase of their lives where their adventures together would include husbands and children yeah. and family trips yeah. and and all of that stuff with each other. Yeah. But none of that would happen now because Allie is yeah. dying. Yeah. While Allie would die at 26 from complications of HIV-AIDS, she spent her last years as a tireless activist dedicated to educating people about the disease. Mm -hmm. While we don't have a lot to talk about the legend that is Allie Gertz today, um, I will leave you with this quote from her 1989 New York Times interview, where she said, quote, All the AIDS articles are about homosexuals or poor people on drugs, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately... A lot of people flip by them. They think it doesn't apply to them. They can't turn the page on me. Mm. I could be one of them. Yeah. Or their daughter. They have to deal with this. I want to talk to these kids who think that they're immortal. I want to tell them, I'm heterosexual, and it only took one time for me. True. End quote. Um, they even made a Movie of the Week. Oh, that might be why her name sounds familiar. Probably, Allie Gertz, uh, Molly Ringwald played Allie Gertz. Oh,
1: nice! Yay, Molly!
0: Um, so <laughs> well, I
1: remember around that time there
0: were because it was it was a death sentence, and there was so much like negative stigma around it. Yeah, like well, these people were ostracized and alienated. And um, she used, and part of the reason Allie's story got so much press, is because she is a socialite. Yeah. Or was a socialite. Mm-hmm. She was a socialite. So, yeah, yeah. If this pretty, wealthy, white lady can get yeah. it. And um, I read her old New York Times interview. She was not 100% sure how she got it. Mm. Um, she either contracted it from sexual contact. Yeah. Because she, she admitted she was loose with her partners. hmm A lot of people were. Yeah. Back then, especially. Yeah. Um, Or when she experimented with drugs. Okay. She was not an addict by any stretch of the imagination, from Mm -hmm. what I could tell, but she wasn't afraid to party. Yeah. So she got it from one of the two. Mm -hmm. While Ellie's passing made Nancy's engagement and wedding bittersweet, overall, everyone was happy for the young couple, who were clearly, madly, desperately in love with Mm -hmm. each other.
1: Oh, young love.
0: <laughs> but the death of Allie Gertz wasn't the only bittersweet thing about Nancy's and Rob's pending nuptials. Oh? Rob's mother, Elaine, had been diagnosed with inoperable cancer in early oh. 1989. Oh. And she was desperately hoping that she would live long enough to see Rob get married. Yeah. Rob is the first of the Kissel kids to get hitched. Mm-hmm. She wants to see it. Yeah. Because of Elaine's poor prognosis, Bill asked Nancy and Rob to move their wedding up a, a couple of months. Okay, fair. Yep. I think that's fair. Um, from May to March or April, mm-hmm. so that Elaine would have the best possible chance of seeing one of her kids get yeah. married. She's come to church. Turn- she's not going to see them have grandkids. Yeah. She's not going to see any of that. But goddamn it, can let she her have this. this? Nancy said no. Oh no, Nancy. Nancy refused to move the wedding. Ah, that sucks. It's gonna be in May. Get used to it. (laughs) Get used to it. Uh. Bill was disappointed Mm -hmm. to say the I would have been I would have been like, fuck you. Whatever money I've contributed is coming back to me. (laughs) Suck my dick. Rob, don't you marry that heifer. Like Yeah, that's cold. Bill is a better person than I am. Because I would have nothing good to say about that girl after that. Really? Yeah. His mother is dying. Mm -hmm. And this is going to sound fucked up, but his mother is dying and he has a heads up. Yeah. So just do the things to make the old girl happy. Yeah, wouldn't she do it for, you know, for your friend? Right. If there was something that you could have done to move your wedding to a place where Allie could have gone, yeah, I bet you she would have done it. Yeah, but we can't. But nothing for Elaine. No, it's mayor. Nothing. Red flag on the plate. Yeah. That is a red flag to me. It is. It is. It, yeah. It, Bill contributed a hundred k to that wedding. He contributed one hundred thousand dollars to 90, that wedding. Ninety. Yeah. Oh, this wedding is expensive. Jesus. He contributed. Now, we'll talk about this one later. It's not nearly as expensive as Andrew's wedding is going to be down the road, but it is pricey. Yeah. He. Uh uh-uh. uh. I am not giving you $100,000 right. and you tell me that my dying wife can't f- fuck you. <laughs> I'm taking back that $4,000 yeah. dress. I'm taking back those flowers. Fuck that cake. Yeah. Fuck that bouquet. <laughs> fuck that flower girl. high pie reception. Bitch, you better find $50 for the justice of the peace because you ain't getting shit out of me. Right? Bill is so much better than I am. <laughs> uh-huh. I would have gone scorched earth. You think, you think Andrew goes no contact? Yeah. <laughs> I would have gone. I'm disowning you immediately. I would have gone scorched earth, burned that bitch to the ground, yeah. and then never spoke to her or Rob ever yeah. again. Yeah. Behind yeah. that. Bill is a much better person than me. <laughs> um, Bill said he understood that a this is a wedding, it's Nancy's big day, and the bride wants, but the bride wants that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bill is so much better than me. Yeah, he really wants peace, peace at any price. Sadly, Elaine would pass away in April of nineteen eighty nine. Oh. You, you, Nancy. You could have given it to her. Yeah. Imagine the peace. Yeah. And joy that woman would have felt. Seeing yeah. one of her kids get married. Yeah. But no. Nancy wants a, a May wedding, so. All right. <laughs> let the old half what? So Allie died, so nobody gets what they want?
2: <laughs> yes.
0: But death on each side? Is yeah. that what we're doing? Like justified. I must balance the scales. There has to be a death on either (laughs) side of the family for this wedding to be even. We must be equally devastated. It's like, what the fuck? I know. Heartless cow. Right? With, like you, red flag on the play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Bill would have been within his rights to burn that motherfucker to the ground. (laughs) Yes! You know what? Let him keep the hundred K. Get them all in the room. Burn it down. (laughs) That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> After getting married and working for his father for two years, Rob told Bill that he wanted to go back to school for an advanced degree in finance. Okay. He's not doing anything with his engineering degree. Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> he he wanted to go into the sciences and go out into optical engineering, sort of father, follow in dad's footsteps in a way. Yeah. Get a degree that could contribute to the family business, yeah. and yada yada yada. But he had, i do don't—he was smart enough, but I don't think he had a passion for it. Yeah, which is probably why he spent so much time partying. Yeah, makes sense. Bill encouraged Rob to follow his dreams, and soon Rob was enrolled at the NYU School of Business in 1990. Okay. Uh, what? <laughs> Just at the height of the greed is good era. Oh yeah. Oh, there's gonna be. Prepare yourself for a lot of Gordon Gecko-level oh, shit. God, thank you, thank you for the heads up. <laughs> we're gonna get real Gordon Gecko. Uh, okay, we're gonna be all like all shades of Gordon uh, in this story. God damn it! To no one's surprise, Rob did very well in his studies, and he would eventually catch the eye of Professor Robert Altman. Mm -hmm. Altman was and actually still is the man's like 5,000 years old and he's still teaching at NYU tenure (laughs) or just being so rich and stubborn that you You can't make me do anything (laughs) like are you living despite the markets what is happening Altman was old when Rob was there in 1990 Money is the best preservative. Like, like, at this point, this old man is living despite markets. (laughs) (laughs) So Altman is a big deal in the world of finance, and he would tap Rob for a job as his research assistant in a second-year graduate program. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a plum job for any graduate student. Not only was it a chance to work with an internationally well-respected expert with a reputation... As an expert in corporate bankruptcy, high-yield bonds, distressed debt, and credit risk analysis. Altman is also the creator of the famous, in financial circles, I've never heard of this, the Altman Z-Score model for bankruptcy prediction of companies globally. Okay. He just invented a thing to help you figure out the cost-risk analysis of a company that's going bankrupt.
1: Okay. Should you
0: buy it? Should you not? Should you liquidate? Should you restructure? Okay. Very fancy. <laughs> He's a laureate for it. Yeah. Well. Um, it, I can't call it. I know. Like, the only laureates I know are poets. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, also,
1: when it comes to finance, it's like, it's 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 not a science. It's more of an art. And I heard like a really good argument how the Pulitzer Prize, not the Pulitzer Prize, the Nobel Prize, mm-hmm. the Nobel Prize in um, economics, is shouldn't count as a Nobel Prize because like that was never invented until the '60s, well after uh, Nobel's death. Right? Like it was for like science, literature, blah blah blah, not economics. And this was just a way to like launder stupid ass supply side corporate bullshit the markets are fake the economy is fake money is made up <laughs> it's
0: all a social
1: contract yeah they want to make it look like something that evolved
0: naturally in the like like it's an animal for real no no it's all a social contract 5000 years ago it was the barter system yeah. we moved from the barter system to shiny rocks <laughs> we moved from shiny rocks to coins we moved from coins to paper money and coins. And now we're slowly but surely moving into widgets. And it's all... <laughs> yeah. Go limp. Go limp. Because well, what do you call what we do now? Like online banking and, and, yeah, and all these it's, micro it's really, transfers? It's,
1: just, it's, it's the transfer of agreements
0: now. Yeah, it, it, yeah like I this, just call The them bank widgets.
1: assures you that I have $1,000 yeah, in the,
0: this. The bank assures you I have 1000 widgets. They could be shiny rocks. Mm-hmm. They could be... Shiny metals. Yeah. They could be fucking toenails for all I yeah. care. The but I got these many tokens. Yeah. Oh. And me. that's and but it's all a social contract. It is. <laughs> oh, you know when my fake brother hears that, his face is gonna melt exactly. like a like a Indiana Jones Nazi looking at the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, little brother. This segment is for you. <coughs>
1: Oh, it's so funny you made me cough. Bye, bye, lun
0: Because I know when he listens to it, he's gonna like, Aww, text me yes. and be like, "Really, you said that? That's right, I did. That's right, I did. It's fake. It's made up. <laughs> Only because I like it when his head does that will high <laughs> melty thing. I, I just like doing it." Yep. <laughs> but Wilheim melting thing. I like that. Well, because within that scene where his face is melting, they are also playing the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Ah! So I just call it the Wilhelm Melty thing. That's I thought you were just picking like a random German name. No, (laughs) no. They (laughs) literally melt. I've watched (laughs) that much Indiana Jones in my life that I know that they are playing the Wilhelm scream as he's melting. So I've just called it the Wilhelm melt. The
1: original trilogy is a national treasure.
0: (sighs) I'll watch the other one when it comes. No, no, no. Don't do it. No, No. 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 I'm a movie raccoon. No. I watched The Nun 2. Fine, which means you don't have to watch Indiana 8. (laughs) I think I only I I think I made it through like halfway through Crystal Skull and I just noped the fuck out of that shit.
1: So don't do this to yourself. Don't do this to yourself. don't do this to Harrison Ford.
0: I have no intention of giving it real people money. (laughs) It's not like the Meg where I'm looking forward to giving (laughs) it twenty dollars on demand. It's not it's that. Saying Your
1: time is more valuable than money.
0: Like, it's, it's not like Transformers <laughs> Beast Wars where I'm oh God, excited to weird. watch it on Paramount Plus. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> this is just like, look, like, when it happens and I'm tired enough, <laughs> drunk enough, stoned enough, it just bored enough, on. it'll be there. <laughs> That's where it's at. That's how it's going to happen. Also, The Nun 2 is Scooby-Doo was spot Like, more so than <laughs> like the first one. Like, in an one. entertaining way? Or like, ah oh, fuck. All it's missing is a Great Dane a hippie and some nerd girl going jinkies.
1: So you're telling me the bad guy was a rich white guy?
0: May as well have been. <laughs> For as much thought as they put it. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so, not only is this job with Professor Altman... Um, putting a couple coins in Rob's pocket. Yeah. It's also offsetting his tuition a little bit, which oh, I'm sure okay. Bill appreciates. Yeah. But it would also give him introductions to the companies and business leaders all over the world. Because hmm. Altman's that bitch. Yeah. He did a DNA test. He's 110% that, <laughs> that econ <shit>. bitch. <laughs> like, he checked. Yes. <laughs> and he still is, apparently. I looked him up. It's insane. This dude is like 500 years old. I'm like... It's like him and Alan Greenspan. Some of these people just will not fucking die. Henry
1: Kissinger. Oh, God. It's
0: like the more corrosive... Kissinger has a pact with Satan. Right? It's like the more corrosive you are to the fabric of this nation world, the longer you live. I'm like... I'll be like, so were you there when we made the transition from shiny rocks to coins? (laughs) Right? Because it looks like you may have been. Were you a part of that? Yeah. Is this your fault? Is this your doing? Because you're old enough. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the kind of job that would allow Rob to damn near write his own ticket to success mm-hmm. once he was done with school. Well, I mean, you're Robert Altman's protege. Yeah. Basically, his reachers. Just, you're plugged in. Yeah. Neiman Marcus. Mar- Neiman Marcus, who I just want shoes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lehman Brothers. Yeah, Marilyn plug Plug, plug, yeah. plug, plug.
1: You, you... I know a lot of
0: success is who you know. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. <laughs> a shocking amount, actually. In 1992, Robert Siegler, another expert in distressed debt that's just allowed to another be out. Another
1: douchebag.
0: <laughs> oh, that's just allowed to be out here ruining our social contract in that we streets. call markets. Yeah. Got a call from Professor Altman about Rob Kissel. Mm-hmm. Professor Altman told Sigler that Rob was his prize student, and he was getting ready to leave school, and he, and is about to enter the fray of the world of distressed banking and high finance on Wall Street. <sighs> Professor Altman told Sigler that, look, Rob Kissel's a smart kid, and there's no doubt he's going places. Mm-hmm. So you might want to jump on this one, yeah, before. Lehman or somebody else snaps him yeah. up. So Sigler decided to call Rob and they arranged for a job interview. Rob was everything that Sigler was looking for in a protege. Hmm. He's smart, he's energetic, he's outgoing, he's personable. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't have a Gordon Gecko soul. Yeah. Like he yeah. wants to make Gordon Gecko money. Yeah. But he's cool enough that he's not a Gordon Gecko. Yeah. He is very weird. Rob Kissel is very weird. Like, he's yeah? a finance bro, but he's not a dick about it. Okay. At all. Mm-hmm. Everybody says he's well-liked. Hmm. And we'll talk about it later, but even, like, the household staff, when he's making money, they're like, no, Rob was the good one.
1: Oh, nice. Rob was cool. Yeah.
0: Like, he's one of those finance bros that the job doesn't make him a dick. That's nice. He's just a nice guy that yeah. just happens to be good. Ruining with- the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But he's not a douche. But like, unlike some of these finance bros that go into it knowing that they're going to fuck the world over, especially working and poor people. Yeah. A lot of these finance bros go into it knowing that they're going to fuck people mm-hmm. and they're okay with it as long as they make a fuckload of money. Yes. Rob Kissel doesn't seem to be that guy. Mm-hmm. He's just good with numbers and makes a fuck ton of money. Yeah. He's not actively out to fuck me. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. Sigler was one of the heads of distressed debt at Latinberg Selman Trading Company. Oh my god. It's a trading house that's been in business in Wall Street over 100 years. Oh. <laughs> when did they collapse? I don't know who <laughs> Girl, I can't be bothered to go into every, the, the details okay. of these weird 400 year old yeah. social construct market <laughs> yes. places. I, I ain't got time. Sigler hired Rob damn near on the spot
2: mm-hmm.
0: and put him in the position of protege,
2: hmm.
0: where Rob looked at distressed debt companies and analyzed opportunities those companies may present in restructuring or liquidation. Okay. So, to boil that down into people speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, his job was to analyze failing businesses and decide if it would be more lucrative to restructure the company. Mm-hmm. Basically fire all the old people and bring in new people. Or just sell it off for parts.
1: And you know, I have less of a problem with that when the company genuinely is in distress.
0: Yeah. I'm not happy with it, but... mm. Yeah. But there are sleazier things to come. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll put it like this. In my not-so-humble opinion, if we could jump into a time machine Mm -hmm. and say Rob Kissel... Look, <laughs> if you keep this up, this is what's going to happen. Yeah. I am from 2008. Ooh, 2000. Exactly. Like, if I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think he would take the information on board mm-hmm. and be like, fuck. Yeah. What do I do from within the system to keep, to make my money yeah. and do my thing? But Nothing wrong with that. And not let this come to pass. Yeah, Not bring the
1: entire American dream to rot
0: right so that's the vibe I get for Rob Kissel yeah. if we had a time machine we could we could help him we, we could convince him to fight the good yeah. fight
1: how can I not be an economic termite
0: oh shit I'm sorry <laughs> don't, don't die she almost spit on the microphone I'm sorry. oh my god that was that would have been like there was almost vodka energy everywhere the, thank you. That is like the highest compliment. There was almost a spray of peachy keen energy and vodka everywhere. We're keeping that then, economic termite. Monster sponsored us. Yeah. We just realized we haven't done a sponsorship plea in a we, while. Yeah. Monster would do well. I mean, they have supported the show whether they know whether it or not. not. Right? They ever really supported this show. And we thank you. Like I slammed the shit on a daily. No. <laughs> <laughs> that is C4. Oh my god, that blew out my caffeine receptors. I can't fuck with them too much.
1: <laughs> That's how we made it through the first day in Vegas. True story. Mm-hmm.
0: True story. But I did blow out my, my caffeine receptors <laughs> on C4. Um on a trip to the Bay Area, I think I drank like six of them in one weekend. That's incredible. And when I came back, why I, can't I sleep? When I came back, I'm like, is this what death feels like? Is this what <laughs> is this what it feels like to be the walking dead? Yeah. Because I feel like <laughs> I felt like do you remember that 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 voodoo horror movie, The Serpent and the Rainbow? Yes. That was me. Oh my god. After six C4s, mm-hmm. after a week in the Bay Area. Yeah. That was me. The serpent and the rainbow when the guy claws himself out of the coffin yes. and he's just kind of walking around and it, That was me. <laughs> that <laughs> Was me. It really works, kids. I do not fuck with C four. <laughs> I have learned that was my moderation. Fucking... Moderation. That was my fuck around and find out <laughs> moment. I do not. I do not. <laughs> Only the weak sauce monster. <laughs> yes, please. So Nancy is thrilled that Rob has landed not just a good job, but like a like a dream job. Yeah. Fairly quickly, um, she's proud of his accomplishments. She's excited for the future to come, and she loves that this comes job comes with a very generous salary. Yeah. That is something to be, that honestly, who wouldn't be excited about yeah, that? Yeah, of course. I don't, I don't like her, but I understand. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> like, you're still kind of shitty, and Bill still should have burned you in your reception hall. Oh. Yep, yep. He should be like, hey Rob, come over here, let me talk to you for a minute. And just like sat on the boy while you, <laughs> like, like had somebody sit on the boy while you burn the thing to the ground. <laughs> so like a lot of young finance professionals, Rob would move around to different brokerage firms with each new job handing him more money, mm-hmm. power, responsibility okay. than the position before. As Rob rose through the ranks of his profession, he, he's I think he does the finance bro thing. Yeah. You stay in a place for a year or two, somebody poaches you, makes you a better offer, and you yeah. keep going, keep going, keep going. As Rob rose through the ranks, um, he was cons- he's a one a vindicant. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Vindic- vindicant. V- That's... Yeah. He's a vindicant. Yes. <laughs> but A prodigy. But he's not stuck up about it. Even with all of his success, Rob remained chill- Offerable when everybody else is out here looking like Patrick Bateman (laughs) with their hair slicked back to Jesus and their like fucking five thousand dollar suits and that kind of cocaine rictus grin. Yeah, like looking like bootleg John Gotti like when everybody else is looking like that, Rob preferred plain white shirts, Mm -hmm. open collar, usually with a loosened tie. Rolled up sleeves. Very rarely wore a jacket. Huh. He looked more like somebody that had just come off the road selling insurance mm-hmm. than mm. he did like a high finance guy. Yeah, unpretentious. Um, um, yeah. Now this he. He likes nice things. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. He nice. He likes nice things. He grew up in a family full of nice things. Yes. He just wasn't flash. Mm -hmm. Like, he's the kind of guy that will buy a Rolex, but he won't buy the Rolex that looks like it was (laughs) $20,000. It just looks like a nice watch. Yeah. And you're shocked to find out how much he paid for that Rolex, (laughs) because it doesn't look like a Rolex. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or no, he's the kind of guy that would buy a Tag houser. Oh my God, yeah because a Tag Heuer is a beautiful watch. It really is. Every bit as expensive as a Rolex. Mm-hmm. But unless you're into watches, yeah. Most people don't give a fuck if you have a Tag Heuer. Yeah, true. <laughs> He's a Tag Heuer guy. Nice. Quality. I like I like a Tag Heuer guy. Same. Sometimes I change the watch face on my smartwatch and I pretend like I'm
2: a Tag Heuer guy. <laughs> Good case. <laughs> because
0: that's the only way your girl can afford a tag right. hour.
2: <laughs> Fair.
0: <laughs> a big tag hour. <laughs> With his all of his new wealth, Rob and Nancy were able to afford themselves a brand new apartment. Yay! Um, they moved into a fixer upper mm-hmm. in an up and coming neighborhood. This this place is a fixer upper in the sense that it's an old like. Five story walk up that used Ooh. to be a tenement in oh, wow. like the nineteen thirties and forties, mm-hmm. but the neighborhood has gotten posh. Yeah, but not all of the apartments are one hundred and ten percent renovated. Yeah, and if you buy it, you have to build your kitchen because the place doesn't have one. Yeah, it's that kind of okay, old school New York walk up. Yeah, you know, but he's got a couple of dollars now, so he can afford to put in a kitchen. True. A lot of people thought Rob was throwing good money after bad by putting so much work into what they considered a rundown apartment. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. You know, it's like one. It's oh I forget. It's like on Seventy Fourth Street or someplace like but someplace that's nice. Mm-hmm. Well, it's long since gentrified by nice. now. Yeah. But some place that is, you know, it's going to gentrify and be nice. Yeah. Just it's cool. Give it time. Yeah. And they could afford it. And not only, they could afford to make the renovations. Mm -hmm. But, they all agreed that since Nancy wanted the place, Mm -hmm. and Nancy wanted a kitchen in this place, and Nancy liked it, and Rob is a pussycat for whatever Nancy (laughs) wants, they did the renovations. They they gutted that entire place. They put in a kitchen. They put in a bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like, this was the kind of place where... There was a time where the bathroom was at the end oh, of the yeah, hall. Yeah, yeah.
1: the communal bathroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Like that, um that like that Hooker Hotel on Sunset and Western. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Most people didn't know that Rob had used um a hundred K that his dad had given him for his college graduation, um, to do the renovations for okay. the apartment. So like he was he spent a lot of money. It
1: was a good investment though. But he yeah.
0: you know, he invested his father's money wisely. Mm-hmm. Neighbors that befriended Rob and Nancy in those early years of Rob's success got a first-hand look at how materialistic Nancy was becoming mm. as Rob's salary grew. Yeah. As if denying his mother her dying wish wasn't fucked up enough. <laughs> Once, when a neighbor complimented Nancy on a new fur coat, Nancy said, quote, Yes, it's a great coat. Too bad you'll never be able to afford it. Oh, okay, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That instantly turns the coat tacky. (laughs) The neighbor was stunned because that's a real catty remark out of nowhere. Like she don't even know you like that. Classless. Like she don't know you like that. Yeah. She just lives down the hall. She was like, "Oh, that's pretty." You Can't afford it. Bitch! You don't know. How insecure are you? One, you don't know what I got. Exactly. I live in this New York. I live in this town. Like, you you don't know what I got. Exactly. Bitch! So, the neighbor was just like, okay, this is another fucking rich Wall Street bitch. I'm just gonna keep it. Yeah, okay. That neighbor quit fucking with them Mm. after that. Smart. In 1987, Rob was offered his another version. He's had several dream jobs yeah. at this point. At Goldman Sachs. Ah. There we are. You knew they were coming. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. All roads lead to Goldman Sachs. <laughs> and he was offered a job as the managing director of their Asian Special Situations Group. Interesting. Distressed De- Asian. <laughs> Because they can't just say that. I know. It
1: has to be fancy. The
0: Asian sure. managing director of the Asian special situation. Special situation. It's distressed debt. Yeah. His specialty is fucking distressed debt. It, it is. is. It was the demanding job that were requiring Rob and Nancy to uproot their lives and move to Hong Kong. Oh, wow. By this time, Rob and Nancy had uh, two kids. That were three and six months old, respectively. Mm-hmm. The new job would pay Rob over hundred and fifty thousand dollars per year, which nice. is big bucks for the for the time. Yeah. In addition to the multi million dollar bonuses that he would be have the potential to earn, mm. it was also um, the job also came with a fantastic apartment. Mm. Nice. Um, that Goldman paid for. Goldman paid for. That's awesome. This super chic apartment in like the fancy expat section of Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. For context, the rent for these digs? Yeah. 20,000 doll hairs. Dang. Per month. Fuck, in 1997? Wow. Yeah. And this is like. Almost an exclusively expat community. You're mm. not going to find anything in there but Americans, British
2: people, mm-hmm.
0: and Australians. Yeah. That's it. Because hmm. other Asian people can go to the rest of Hong Kong. Yeah. Be fine. When Rob was 32, Merrill Lynch came calling with an offer for Rob to take over their entire distressed debt operation. Wow. The position would require Rob to stay in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you're still there. Although that doesn't sound like a punishment. No, it sounds like it really fun. doesn't. <laughs> Their neighborhood sounds shitty. Mm. Oh yeah, like not shitty or just being surrounded by expats or yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, because you're not really getting Hong Kong.
1: You're in a hotel, right? Mm.
0: A very fancy, like <laughs> yeah, insulated. But that just means you're at least, in my opinion. You're not experiencing Hong Kong. True. If you're living with nothing but Americans, British people. English speakers. And, yeah. and Aussies. Yeah. Because that's what makes up the bulk of that community. Mm-hmm. That's not really experiencing yeah. you're living Hong in a. You're living in a bubble in Hong Kong. Yeah, because that community has everything. They yeah. don't got to go out into the real Hong Kong for <laughs> yeah. anything. Because everything that they want is right there. And what's the point of living abroad? I and, and having all this fantastic wealth, if I can't really experience the country, yeah, yeah. and Hong Kong seems like such a kick-ass place. Yeah. Especially back then. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm still kind of woolly and wild. Yeah, I would have been like, fuck like That the- would have been right at the handover period. Just before. Because mm-hmm. the handover happened in 99? I want to say, 90, somewhere between 97 and 99. Like, in my brain,
1: it's like 1997 was like the agreement back in like 1917.
0: And they stuck to it. The only To their credit. yeah. The only reason I know it's 99 is because a handful of folks that I know that are from Hong Kong um, that were born in 99. Yeah, I, I know people that were born there and it's very weird to me. <laughs> um, those kids that were born in Hong Kong in 99 are considered special. Like it was a lucky year to be okay. born and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That's the only reason I know it was 99. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, he stayed in Hong Kong. But, it would be more money, a bigger bank, Mm -hmm. bigger bonuses, and a free hand in how to run that entire business. Interesting. As a managing director, you do still have some handcuffs on. You do still have guardrails. If you're in charge of the whole distressed debt operation, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Basically. It was an agonizing decision. (laughs) yeah and Rob spent many hours on the phone with his dad, Aww. trying to make a decision. Bill would say in his interviews that Rob was looking to be talked into it, oh, okay, like he could tell that he that Rob wanted it, mm-hmm. but he also feels loyalty to Lehman, yeah, he's a good guy, yeah, and he's he's already he's already making great money, he's already doing yeah. great things, yeah. Is it possible to get greater? <laughs> you know, he's already living the dream. So yeah. how do I betray the dream for the dream? Yeah. <laughs> Fair. So in all of their conversations where were Rob was, yeah. two sentences, where Rob is wringing his hands, he yeah. wants to be talked into, yeah. what he eventually does, which is make the leap. Awesome. Why not? And to nobody's shock. He does exceedingly well. (laughs) He's the all-American boy. How are you feeling about Rob's rise to power? Wow, it's a lot. It is that I don't. I don't think
1: I could do it. I mean, getting promoted is nice, but like new company, new company, new company. I like people, but I don't want to meet new people that often.
0: Like every eight months to a year.
1: Yeah, it's like. Don't you want to like build something,
0: build some relationships? Like, what happened to your house? That you're refer- <laughs> As soon as you, like, renovated it, it sounds like you're gone. So, they kept it. Oh, nice. Because that's they,
2: a good investment. They
0: bought it, and they kept it. And they, they live in Hong Kong full time, but they do visit mm-hmm. their families in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Like, four to six times a year. Oh, nice. Like, in Hong Kong and, and China, there are holidays that they get that we don't necessarily get like yeah. lunar new year's damn near a month yeah nope. also like they <laughs> they value their quality of life more than
1: americans do True Where, story. Work, work 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 till you die work till you die work so till you die
0: They the um <laughs> the apartment is there and they do use it and they keep mm-hmm. it and they do use it because they do take more than a few trips back to the us mm-hmm. To visit, because both of their families are still in New York and New Jersey, respectively. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. You need a place to go when you visit home for three weeks at a time, yeah. or a month at a time. I can't imagine they're just taking quick weekend jaunts no. to New York. No, that flight? Uh-uh. Even on a Concorde, no. Even with his money. Yeah. Going to New York for a weekend... For something that's a non emergency is a waste of money. Yeah. Even on what he's making. And a waste of time. Even though he can afford it. Yeah. I don't think he would. So when they're going home, they're going on for like no less than two weeks, Mm -hmm. maybe a month. Yeah. So it probably is cheaper to just keep paying that mortgage. Yeah. Than it is to be in hotels. Yeah. And probably more comfortable (laughs) too. So we're going to put. Rob and Nancy over to the side and okay. let them live their lives in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. While we talk about Andrew oh, and Haley. God. Okay, Andrew's back. He's back. <laughs> He's back. <laughs> so while Rob is finishing school and making a name for himself on Wall Street and in Hong Kong, Andrew Kissel is busy finding love, and starting a family of his own. Oh, good for him! And making a name for himself in the world of real estate. Okay. Now, we're going to go back in time a little bit to about the late 70s, early middle 80s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, 20-something Andrew. Okay. His baby sister Jane got to know a girl named Haley Wolf <laughs> when the Kissel clan first started skiing in the posh ski town of Stratton, Vermont. Ooh. This was in the middle 60s. hmm Both families and their daughters loved to ski, and the two girls became fast friends, Jane and Haley. Mm -hmm. Jane, like all of the Kissels, was a good skier, but she could not hold a candle to Haley. (laughs) When Haley was nine, her parents went through a very bitter divorce. Mm -hmm. And seeing how distressed Haley was with her family situation, the late, great Elaine Kissel, because I feel I have to, that woman was the salt of the earth. Yes. God it. Yeah. I have nothing to tell me otherwise. I just also feel bad that Nancy would not give that woman her dying yeah. wish, fucking whore. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa.
2: <laughs> like, I just yeah. hate
0: that. Like, yeah. It costs so petty. It cost you nothing. Right? Nothing. Yeah. To do that for that lady. I will never forgive Nancy for that. <laughs> yeah. Ever. That really sucks. And a lot of other things too. But most specifically (laughs) I will never forgive Nancy for denying that that woman her dying wish. (laughs) And as a result of her family situation, Elaine Kissel created a safe place for Haley to be when things were bad at home. So the Kissels aren't in... Haley's in Vermont full time.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Kissels are not. Mm -hmm. They're holidays, mostly during the winter, Mm -hmm. but Elaine is still leaving that line of communication open. Yeah. Even if they're not in town. Um, It was not uncommon for Haley to come to Elaine, Jane, or any of the other Kissles that would have her, but mostly Mm -hmm. Elaine and Jane, Mm -hmm. crying about the latest drama with her parents divorce, or later down the road when her stepmother took Haley's skis, or did something fucked up to her. Or the family drama that seemed to plague the wolf home during and after the divorce just got too much. Mm. So the Kissels are her comfort. Nice. Haley attended the Stratton Mountain School. Oh, cool. That sounds cool. She studied during the day, Mm -hmm. skied in the afternoon. Nice. Because Vermont. Well, yeah. (laughs) You have to do some outdoor thing. And because of this, Haley developed a reputation as a hyper competitive kid. Oh. Teen, mm-hmm. tween, young an adult, with a sarcastic attitude <laughs> and no time or patience for anyone that could not keep up with her on the ski slopes. Get it together! <laughs> Quit holding me back. No true story. Let her have her way. <laughs> I'm here Just for the ski away. I'm here for the after ski. After exactly ski, after ski. It's like hey, the mountain is yours. I'm gonna go over to these bunny slopes. I'm Have here it. for some sort of warm whiskey spiked mm. toddy type concoction yeah. and a cute outfit. Yeah, and a fire mm. and a warm fire and a boy whose ski outfit is his cheeks is roasting on, on an open fire. fire. <laughs> Dick Print nipping at your nose.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm here for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, oh, that's, that's my ski adventure. Yeah, yeah, she. It's like the Las Vegas of ski adventure. <laughs> yeah. I have, I have no desire <laughs> to do whatever. Jumps and I have no desire for whatever. I think I would love skiing, but getting me on the ski lift is non-starter. Yeah, like I'm not like scared of. I just have no interest in what Haley's doing. Like I will be significantly impressed when she jumps off some sort of cliff and does a double somersault and lands (laughs) on her feet. I will be significantly impressed by whatever she does. Yeah, give her her space to do it. But I have no intentions. Doing you know. it, I'm gonna stay here with the hot boys and the hot drinks and the tight mm-hmm. outfits. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm gonna be. Yes, I don't know why she pressed about me because <laughs> I don't care anyway. Once, when Jane and Haley competed, com- were in a um, ski competition together. Haley was so loud and angry that she didn't get the score that she felt she deserved. Ooh she was kicked out of the competition for poor sportsmanship. Oh, my God. Young lady. Yeah. let her go. Let her go. Let her go. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and be Commander Cute Boots with a weird hot toddy drink and look at that boy's butt. That That's me. Yeah. Good times. Go. There's no need to be angry. <laughs> you ready? It's cold outside, it's warm in here, and we've got booze. Why are you mad? <laughs> it was at a party after the meet where Haley got kicked out for poor sportsmanship. But Haley really looked at Andrew Kissel for the first time. Mm. By this time, uh, Andrew is in his early middle 20s, mm-hmm. and Haley is in her late teens, early 20s. Mm-hmm. Remember, each of the Kissel kids is about four or five yeah. years apart. So. Um, Haley is more Jane's contemporary mm-hmm. from childhood. Yeah, She's known the Kissel boys forever, yeah. but she's Jane's friend, not their friend. Yeah, And so it's here where she's like, ooh, Jane. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me you had such a cute brother? Oh. And of course Jane remakes the introductions mm-hmm. and not much to remake. They've known each yeah. other forever, but for they were both smitten. Okay. They're at the age where they notice each other yes. for the first time. <laughs> for real. Yes. Despite knowing <laughs> of each other's. Oh you're a girl, girl. Yeah. They've known about each other's existence for the better part of a decade. <laughs> yeah. But now they see each other. Mm-hmm. And Andrew is smitten with Haley. Just like he was she was smitten with him. He liked that she's very pretty. Tall, blonde, great legs—all <laughs> oh, that skiing. True, but like granite skiing, anything that makes you squat and wealthy—that <laughs> doesn't hurt. Very, very mm. wealthy. Haley's dad was the CEO of a New Jersey engineering for- firm that was worth something like five hundred million dollars wow. on Wall Street. Dang. Her uncle was a Time Warner CEO. Oh. Before Time Warner is the Time Warner that we know it is she now. She comes from we... old villainy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is not new villainy. This is old villainy. She comes from a couple of dollars. Yes. <laughs> and Andrew ain't mad. <laughs> she's hot and she's rich. Yes. Let's do this. Outside of that, we really don't know much more about Haley and Andrew's courtship other than they, they were married. In nineteen ninety two when Andrew was thirty-two.
1: Okay.
0: And Haley's like about twenty-seven to twenty-eight. Okay. This I know that there's a four or five a Jane's contemporary, I'm assuming a four or five year age gap, mm-hmm. So, The wedding was very posh and the reception was held in the banquet hall of the Saint Regis Hotel in Ooh. Fifth Avenue. Ooh. Phenomenal. That's like one stump on Park Point. So this is a million dollar wedding. Yeah, it runs well her This wedding runs well into the six seven figures. Wow. And her dad was pissed at her because she spent four thousand dollars on her wedding dress.
1: Oh too little.
0: To which I say, so you got off cheap. Yes. It's the catering in this venue that are fucking you up. Yeah. That, that, comparative to whatever else you spent. That dress may have been the cheaping, cheapest thing you, <laughs> right?
2: you, you did.
0: After he was married, Andrew and a partner opened Hanrock, Inc., mm-hmm. a real estate company that bought and managed commercial and residential real estate. Okay. It's a good line of business. Rob was an investor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He gave Andrew $500,000. Nice. Of his personal money, not like some weird Merrill Lynch. Yeah, like, but bullshit. like real cash. Like, he, He kept the social contract where he wrote his brother a check. Mm -hmm. A check passes for currency, which we have decided (laughs) means something. Yes, Yes. Gave it to him, and his brother was able to use it to buy widgets. Yes. That's, yes. Take that. (laughs) (laughs) So, and he he did the, um, the, everything my research for this case seems to emphasize that it was Rob's own money. Like, he didn't do any weird shenanigans with distressed debt. He didn't debt. have to. No, he didn't have to. And also, because he is pure of heart and in horrible industry, <laughs> yeah. I don't think he was tempted to do... Yeah. I've got enough. You know, there were finance bros yeah. that would have done some distressed debt shenanigans yeah. to invest in their brothers true, and bullshit. True, he, like He's one of those
1: people that comes out, like, isn't harmed by wealth. Like, I feel like he's always had what he needed, so th- there's no greed in him. Yeah. He's just not greedy. That's why he has to be talked into that promotion. Maybe he didn't like changing companies so often.
0: Yeah. But you just keep getting offered more and more. And what moron turns down more? Right. But he's not greedy for it. That's, that is actually a valid point. I never thought of that. Because <laughs> he's not. He's like the chillest millionaire you'll ever meet. Yeah, he's happy. With, he has so much. He has, he's never known not to have enough. He, he he has nice things, he can afford nice things, he's very comfortable, but he's not a dick about
1: it. No. And he'll just write a
0: $500,000 check for his brother. Yeah. With a handshake. Yeah, basically. <laughs> for her part, Haley would put her master's degree in finance to work and carve out a career on Wall Street as a stock analyst at Merrill Lynch. Oh, and then at Smith Barney, before ultimately becoming the managing director at Integrated Corporate Relations.
1: Oh my God, that sounds like the company that did RoboCop.
0: ICR. <laughs> it's soulless. It doesn't get more soulless than this. I'm like, really, y'all just. I'm like, that was that company was a Ponzi scheme because that, that <laughs> is that is jargon, right? Where do you work for ICR? What's that stand for? Integrated corporate ruling. <laughs> we <laughs> the, build killer robots. It, it, it's like so much jargon. <laughs> you won't even ask any more information. Exactly. It's just, okay. Like it just. Sounds, I guess you're smarter than me. It's it it sounds prestigious and maybe it's <laughs> a bit evil, but it, it's got enough like pretension and evil yeah. to say don't ask anymore. Stagecraft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, just don't ask nothing else about that. Exactly. Just, we're legit, we're legit. Just say okay. <laughs> Go limp. Go limp. Haley would be named um, in the Wall Street Journal as part of their all-star analyst team. Oh, wow. And she was ranked number one in the Reuters research poll. Which wow. Is a very fancy thing that That's I don't impressive. about. <laughs> All of that to say she is good at her job. Yeah. Um, she was even... She even got to be a talking head on CNBC, Moneyline, oh. shit like that, before that guy that yells at people. Oh, God. Uh, Jim Cramer? Yeah. <laughs> I think before she he became a thing, she would, like, pop on every yeah. now and
1: again. Now, that guy, he, that guy, I think he's clinically depressed now.
0: <laughs> every oh, time I see him, it's like, this is clinical. He, he needs John help. Stewart just read him for filth, and the man was never the same. I mean, John Oliver routinely reads him to Phil. As you should. And he doesn't even have to say anything. He just does the, the, and now this segment, it just, <laughs> yeah. it's like Jim Cramer clips, and it's just, just like. Same
1: demented thing. Yeah, like
0: this is a man on the edge.
1: Yeah, and he does. He looks like really, like, he looks like he's being haunted. By all three ghosts
0: of Christmas, simultaneously, every moment of his life. And it's it's not sinking in. It's like, the edge of what? I don't know, (laughs) but it's the edge. (laughs) Um, Haley was also quoted often, actually, in Barron's,
2: Hmm.
0: the Wall Street Journal, the L.L. L.A. Times. We watched LL Cool J earlier, so (laughs) everything's the LL Times. The L.A. Times, and dozens of other financial trade publications. That's damned impressive. and That's a big deal. She's a big deal. She is no slouch. Haley Kissel doing the goddamn thing. Yeah. Now, to anyone that knew Andrew and Haley, it was clear that they're a power couple in the making. We <laughs> yes. fucking, fuck you, Bill and Hillary. We about <laughs> to show you some shit, you old fucks. <laughs> like, that, that seems to be where
2: they're going yeah. with all
0: of this, right? Yeah.
1: We will take over the
0: world. Oh, just give us time, you old fat motherfuckers. (laughs) We're going to do it. We're going to do it better. But the good times would not last for long. In 2002, a longtime tenant of an an apartment building that Andrew's company was managing. Mm -hmm. Um, This guy had been in this building since 1972. It's 2002. He's an elderly gentleman that bought into... Um, this building when co-ops and condos mm-hmm. became all the rage in yeah. New York in the 70s and 80s. So a co-op is like where the tenants all own the building. Yes. And the building has a board of trustees, or a board of directors that in turn takes the money from the mortgages and invests them so that the tenants get dividend. Mm -hmm. and also the mortgages, HOA fees, things like that, go to building up cheap. Mm -hmm. That's the the basics of a co-op. Yeah. So this guy's been here for a hot minute. Yeah. So, he's the guy, he got curious one day about some of the line items listed on the co-op's monthly statements. And his curiosity would be the first domino... To fall in Andrew's real estate empire. Oh. So this tenant was not just a long-term resident mm-hmm. of this building. He's been there since 72. Mm-hmm. He's in his, like, middle 60s by 2002, right? Yeah. He is a retired CPA. Oh. <laughs> Which He's means- got time <laughs> on
1: his hands
0: and a set of skills is on my, my side. side yes, yes it, it is, is. <laughs> it's got time and skills <laughs> I've got a very particular <laughs> set of skills <laughs> I way too much <laughs> I found my purpose <laughs> And he had also been the VP of the building's board oh. back in the day when he was 36. So he knows a lot about this co shit mm-hmm. and how investments and things throughout yeah. the co-option right. op <laughs> He would eventually step away from his board duties, but he still took an active role in how the building was mm-hmm. being treated. I mean, come on, he got in there at the height of the co-op thing, so yeah. he is very invested yeah. in, in this building being nice and this building being successful yeah it's on like I think it's like 72nd or 74th Street mm-hmm. again a neighborhood that is gentrified to a certain point yeah they've got dorm in there oh um, nice. like he's very invested in this building mm-hmm. doing well for itself Andrew and Haley would move into this building he starts out just as a, a managing person his real estate company managing it-hmm But they eventually would move into the building in 1992 when they purchased their apartment for $295,000. God, if
1: I could pay 90s price.
0: I know. I know. We're talking about, like, probably the penthouse. It wasn't the penthouse, but it was on the 10th floor. Mm -hmm. So still up there. Andrew would eventually become the treasurer of the co-op's board of directors. Uh (laughs) Yeah, this is not going to end well. (laughs) And for the most part, Andrew didn't know his neighbor very well. You know, this elderly dude that's, like, eyeballing these statements and giving him side-eye. Yeah. But the men didn't know each other well. I mean, high bye on the elevator. Yeah. See each other in board meetings. But all of that changed in 1998 when Andrew offended this gentleman. <laughs> because he, he... Oh, God. Ask me what he did to offend. What what did he do to offend the gentleman? He offered him money to co-op or to um sublet his parking spot. <laughs> <laughs> sublet his parking spot? Right, so the building only has so much parking for tenants. Yeah. Right? But not every tenant is using their parking. It is mm-hmm. New York City. Yeah. It's like it's not like L.A. that's like 90% cars. Yeah. It's, it's a solid 50-50. Okay. I would say a solid 60-40. We're dealing with wealthy people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say a solid 60-40 of who has yeah. a car and who doesn't.
1: Yeah. So for some people, their parking spot is for their personal car. For other people, it's for a guest. Right. So Whenever he, I want them,
0: <laughs> right. So he had offered to sublet this gentleman's parking lot, <laughs> yeah. parking spot, and this man was offended. Not only did he offered him money, yeah, he went through a doorman. Oh, he told the doorman to ask oh this older God. tenant if he would be interested in subletting the parking spot. Not only was this dude offended that he asked him for money, he was offended that he went through a doorman instead of just knocking on his goddamn door. You know where I live. And, and, how dare you think that you can circumvent the rules of how we, Ah. um, there's a list and a system of how parking spots are assigned and rearranged. Mm -hmm. You want an extra parking spot? You put yourself on the list. Yeah.
1: That's this, how it works.
0: Not everybody has a car or needs a car or needs a... Mm-hmm. There's... They got a system. Yeah. And how dare you think that you can circumvent the system yeah. by offering me money.
1: You corner cutter.
0: And that offended the soul.
1: Okay. That's I'm, I'm, That's a wonderful quality in a CPA. I'm sorry. <laughs> that You want these
0: people to maniacally stick to rules and systems. <laughs> Yeah, he was like, Andrew should put his name on the list like everybody else. No. Respect. There's a right way to do it. I, I respect this. Oh, he was gravely offended. <laughs> Sir, I fought a war for this country. <laughs> my grandfather was in World War. One. I, I was in World War II. Wow.
1: I saved your little punk ass. Did you offered me money for it's, my parking spot.
0: It's a lot. <laughs> um, the the older gentleman. Um, took this as an indication that Andrew Kissel is a man of low integrity. Oh. Oh. He's not wrong. And as such, he began paying closer and closer <laughs> attention to how Andrew moved over the years. Oh my were God. neighbors. <laughs> Especially as Andrew became more and more active with the building's board of directors. Mm. He was already side-eyeing his statements. Yeah. But this creature <laughs> of low integrity. Yes. My precious building. Hmm. <laughs> you know I ain't got shit to do, right? right. You Enough. know I you know I'm like seventy-three with nothing to do. <laughs> All I got. Is skills, focus, and time. Like <laughs> My skills may have rusted, but I can't get a CPA job now. Mm -hmm. But I know enough about numbers that I can fuck you up. Yes! exactly. And standards in the building were clearly dropping. Mm. Suddenly, doormen were allowed to snack (gasps) in the
2: halls.
0: (laughs) Trash wasn't being taken out in a timely fashion. Oh, unacceptable. Now, and I'm not talking about the trash, like the dumpster trash that goes outside... Um, this building has like little ashtrays, waste back skits yeah. by the elevator yeah. doors and down the halls. They're being allowed to be filled to overflowing before something that's oh. something. About yeah,
1: unacceptable.
0: One. Right. And repairs aren't getting that in oh. general. Yeah. Co-op or not, these people pay a lot of money to be here. Yeah. And isn't the whole point of a co-op is that we're all pooling our resources yes. to maintain a certain standard of living. Yes. Isn't that the whole point? Of a co Yeah. So all of this is making this older gentleman look a little <laughs> more closely at how Andrew is running the building as its treasurer, since he holds the purse strings for all of these little things that seem to not
1: be getting done. Yeah. What's going on?
0: He started by looking at Andrew's bio on the board of directors website. <laughs> According to his bio, Andrew had been, had gotten a business degree from New York University. When? Where? Right? What? Not even in Boston. I don't even know if you finished school over there. Exactly. The this I is not a plausible lie, sir. I, it's, it's, sir. What? But okay. Um, And that he had managed over 4,000 apartments and condos in his career mm-hmm. to date. Hmm. The older gent had also heard from neighbors that that Andrew often bragged about being worth over twenty million doll hairs. Ooh, if that's true, that a burst. if that's true, why is the building treasurer letting the building go to seed? Right, you got twenty million dollars. You paid just as much, or if not more, than the rest of us because you are on the tenth floor. Mm-hmm. Why would you let your home? Yeah. And its surroundings go to seed. Even if the building didn't have enough funds to get certain things done, you as a 20 millionaire, 20-air, surely you could kick in 5,000 here or there for the trash. Maybe the city has changed something. Or maybe a door person quit or we need to hire more staff. Surely. Surely you could get that. (laughs) Yeah. So while the older gent in the building is busy snooping, mm-hmm. Andrew and Haley were preparing for the birth of their first child in 1996. Hmm. While Haley was waiting to give birth, Andrew bought the adjoining apartment next to theirs for $160,000. Mm-hmm. In
2: 1999,
0: just before the birth of their second child, Andrew bought the apartment, the apartment right below them for 350 mm-hmm. dollars Once he had those two apartments secured he started renovations to enlarge the family's living space. Mm-hmm. So he's gutting three apartments now. Yeah. To make some sort of... Mega apartment. bootleggy <laughs> penthouse. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. People that saw the apartment said that it was the biggest and best of everything. Mm-hmm. All the... Now, the older gent that is giving Andrew side-eye and a lot of the other older tenants, mm-hmm. which are people that have been here for 20, 30 years. Yeah. Right? All of the older tenants looking into Andrew knew that, like, they're like, the, it's constant construction. Mm. That sounds like hell. He's disrupting their quality of life. Yeah. As he expands his. And they are not good with it. <laughs> no, <laughs> now, there's no a, doubt. There's only one person looking into Andrew, but. Andrew and his construction and his general attitude rub people the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So, older tenants in the building, regardless of age, people that, let's say, have in their five years or more, Mm -hmm. are encouraging this older guy (laughs) (laughs) to keep digging. Because Andrew's making their lives uncomfortable. Yeah. With the constant construction and this, that, and the other. While the neighbors were complaining about the noise... Andrew was over the moon that his custom Mercedes E329 station wagon had gotten a makeover and was featured in a very fancy car magazine in July of 2000. Okay. He gives a fuck. (laughs) Right? He's... What a turd. <laughs> that car was ended up, when he was done with it, this was like an $80,000 car mm-hmm. on its best day. Mm-hmm. Fully loaded straight off the dealership. Yeah. It's worth close to 300 something. Oh, wow. With all with special all upgrades. and I mean, he had a DVD player in the back of that car before we knew that you could put DVD players oh, in wow. the back of a car. <laughs> yeah. Like... All that shit that we take for granted now about integrated this that hooks into your cell phone and a a little drop down TV screen for the kiddies or or independent TV screens in the back for the kids. He had that shit before Mm. the rest of us thought that was like it was it was fucking space for the rest of (laughs) us. And Andrew's like, yeah, I got that (laughs) in two in two thousand two the elderly gent that Andrew had been annoying for the better part of three years decided, you know what? I need to get back on the board of directors. Yes, too sweet. And because everybody else hates Andrew too, he was quickly voted in as secretary. Nice. Excellent. And once he was voted in as secretary, he's got access to records now. Yes. And he starts looking into the building's books. (laughs) he has been bothered
2: (laughs) and offended.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why you don't fuck with old people. Right?
1: You never know.
0: Especially old people with money because they got the time Mm -hmm. and the energy to put your lights out if that's what they really want to do.
1: Exactly. They're like dragons.
0: (laughs) So, the old man's focus was on a line item around yearly improvement into the common areas of the mm-hmm. building. That expense had jumped from forty seven K in nineteen ninety eight, which I I guess I think it's like a ten or fourteen story building. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. You gotta pay doorman. you yeah. gotta play cleaning clues Yeah. I don't know about co ops and running real estate like that, especially These type of co op buildings Mm -hmm. in New York, but forty seven thousand a year. That's really good. Sounds reasonable. Yeah, for the amount because that probably also includes like the tax, property tax, and yeah, yeah. Like it sounds reasonable for the upkeep of common areas for doormen, cleaning people, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So forty seven thousand in nineteen ninety eight. It had dropped to one point four million doll hairs what? by 2001. Oh my god. More than Holy a th- embezzlement, Batman! <laughs> more I than I I don't know, shit, th- I can barely, I, I can't um, I have to do math, like, outside I can't do it in my head. I have to do it outside my head, but even I know <laughs> that's fraud. It was over a 30% increase in expenses. That is more than 30%. That's astronomical Are you from 47,000 to 1. 1 1.2 million. I'm telling you that the book said it was over 30% and I'm not doing the math either. <laughs> so I'm going to go with what they said because yeah. I'm not doing the math. Man. No matter what, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. And that's all during Andrew's reign as treasurer. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Now to this elderly Hmm. gentleman and his cohorts in the building, it's clear that something fishy is like you, like a fraud, 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 I say. That is not not physically possible. Especially if you look around the renovations that he says that are being done, the services that he says are being rendered. Look at that ashtray, it has cigarette butts. Yeah. Why? Those cigarette butts have been there for a month. Yeah, why why hasn't
1: my sink been fixed?
0: yeah right so yeah it's it's a problem, and that was the catalyst for the aging cPA to dive headlong into what he called Andrew's hall of mirrors <laughs> style of accounting. Wow. I was like, well, somebody can turn a frame right. <laughs> So it's a fascinating
1: way to describe it. A whole Hall of mirrors, mirrors
0: accounting. Yeah. Wow. I'm gonna use it some at some point because it's just a great <laughs> turn of phrase. I was it like, is. oh, he's good with numbers and he's poetic. <laughs> How they let you... a renaissance man. How'd they let you get away, sir? <laughs> the elderly Jen and his cohort started trying to hold Andrew's feet to the fire during <laughs> board meetings. They also noticed that Andrew was no longer supplying tenants with copies of the building's bank statements.
1: Oh, my God. And when
0: he did um, give them copies of the bank statements, he interchanged them with the reserve account. Mm -hmm. So this building has, like, two accounts, at least, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Their their regular bank statement. Yeah. Which should have, like, the $47,000 for daily upkeep, maintenance people. Yeah. Yeah. I guess property tax, dormant salaries, things like that, mm-hmm. should come out of the regular bank account because everybody's paying their mortgage every month. Yeah, everybody's paying their HOAs or whatever the hell else every month. So that those monthly payroll type expenses should come out of the regular account. Yes, the building also has a reserve account. So if something goes left and they need to do major repairs for mm-hmm. something, and yeah, and they don't want to drain the main account that they use for their weekly, monthly expenses, you tap Mm -hmm. the reserve. So this older CPA starts to notice that Andrew's not using these accounts fairly interchangeably Mm. to suit whatever his need is or whatever the question is being asked. They're small mistakes. Air quote on mistakes. (laughs) Yeah. But to a retired CPA... (laughs) It looked like Andrew was lining lining his pockets mm-hmm. with the building's receipts. Yes. The elderly gent also found that Andrew had gotten rid of the building's financial oversight committee. <laughs> oh, he completely disbanded it, which meant nobody is approving the disbursement of mm. money that Andrew is supposed to be spending on the buildings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Basically, this building is shaped like a giant pink pig. Yes. <laughs> and there's got a stopper on its butt. Yes. And every so often, Andrew takes off the stopper <laughs> and shakes money out of this building's yes. butt. <laughs> By the hundreds of thousands and millions, it seems. God damn it. That seems so dumb. You have a wealthy wife. Why? His daddy said he likes to cut corners. Oh, man. Or maybe he's too humiliated to ask his wife for money. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, Andrew, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but Andrew Kissel's going to commit a lot of fraud. It seems like, it looks like he's a natural. Like a fuck ton oh, of fraud. Like a lot of it. Like, even when you're talking about criminal level fraud, you're like, yeah. are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Enron's the only thing more Fraudy than Andrew yeah. Kissel He's like that level But there's never an explanation Of like what leads him There? Yeah I, I, Unless it's just like pure like Laziness Which is what his dad thinks Yeah um, His dad always said he was a smart kid that liked to cut Corners Yeah,
1: It does make sense like you don't have to Like if you wanted to be rich
0: you already were, right? So Andrew's shaking the, butt, the the money out of the butt of this building yeah. that he calls this piggy bank. Um, and all of the money that he was taking, he would pay vendors, mm-hmm. but he would pay them exclusively in bank transfers, which don't leave oh. a paper trail. <laughs> yeah. Which, according to this retired CPA, is highly unusual for yeah. a co-op. Yes. Because a co-op needs to be able to show all those receipts... To everybody, because everybody in the building is a owner. Cooperative ownership. That's why it's called that. Yeah. So that's another problem. There are no receipts. Just random money transfers to vendors. What
1: a nightmare.
0: That may or may not have actually gone to that vendor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Andrew could be transferring this money to, like, shell companies and saying it's a vendor. And then just pocketing the cash. Um, He also found out that Andrew was taking money out of the building's reserve account, so great so much for that backup. Mm. So he sent an email to the board um, saying that the building's financial outlook was um, pretty grim. Mm -hmm. And he ended his email with, quote, when you're in a hole, stop digging. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was... It's a mess. Andrew told his elderly neighbor not to copy the board on finance issues. It's better to talk about these in the finance meeting, which he he reformed the board. <laughs> the newly reformed finance committee yeah. is in play after it's been dismantled for like two of the three, five years. Dang. I think he dismantled the board within after that first year. He's the treasurer for, I think, a total of five. Mm-hmm. So at least two to three years during his reign, there was no... God. So, no breaks! So, like, what? He, he reforms the board in, like, year four when it looks like somebody's looking at him funny? Yeah. So by February 2003, the gig was up for Andrew. The board's demanding to see the receipts, the invoices, mm-hmm. the inside of his anus, everything that he's done for the building. Yeah. Andrew tried to stall and saying that, oh, well, I could get that information for you, but it's all in a warehouse in New Jersey. <laughs> what? Huh? Okay. Ain't that much paper, my guy. I know, in New Jersey. But that's. T- you could still go yeah, get it. Yeah, my dog took my homework to New Jersey. It's no. Just <laughs> it's right there. Oh God, what a weasel. What a weasel. Also, while he's telling them that all the paperwork to show what he'd actually been doing is in a warehouse in New Jersey, he was complaining that he was, quote, being fried after five fucking years of service to the boy. Oh yeah. How, how are you gonna be mad? I know, right? You thieving thief that steals. No, you're <laughs>
1: Everyone's misusing me and being mean and ungrateful.
0: Because you have stole their money. Look over there. <laughs> in New Jersey. I tell you. <laughs> it's in Dweezy, I tell you. Jersey. <laughs> <Dweezy. laughs> so, in the end, the board is like, fuck you, Andrew. They hired an outside accountant to audit the building's finances to understand what is what. So, the older CPA definitely rang the alarm. Yes. But they need, as much as they appreciate his ringing the alarm, they need an outside party to really figure out what's what. Yes. And the feeling, I think, was that he was too close to the situation. <laughs> it is personal. He was offended. Oh, oh, it's personal. Crazy. So I, I don't think that's out of bounds. Gravely. <laughs> offended deeply, to the core <laughs> like, of his being. You may as well, as, what did he do, stomp on your puppy? Like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? I'm not saying that Andrew should not have been exposed, but yeah, like.
1: I am personally, professionally,
0: and spiritually offended. Yeah, like, but this dude was like, I'm gonna get back on the board, and that'll give <laughs> me access to the paperwork, <laughs> and then I'll get at, like, like, this was a plan and a plot. Like, yeah. Did he kill your dog, too? What the fuck? Uh, Again Andrew should be exposed True What he's doing is wrong True But like the way dude is like after him He is him, the knight He is vengeance <laughs> I am
2: financial Batman Yes
0: <laughs> So Andrew tries to stop the audit By submitting fake documents to the board With oh, lower numbers than I what say. the CPA had showed them I mean he is a total like shitbird. So of course he did he even went so far as to copy and paste the logos of other accountants, vendors, and whatnot onto his doctored invoices. <laughs> mm-hmm. And the the um, it blew up in Andrew's face eventually <laughs> because the old CPA was like, "It was the worst copy paste job I've ever seen." Oh, these man. were the fakest. He is so lazy. Like these are the fakest fake documents to ever fake in the history of fake. They are so fake. That the time that I forged my dad's signature in the second grade with a black crayon <laughs> was probably more convincing than this. Oh, I don't doubt it. That is just bone lazy. <laughs> this is like a deep and abiding laziness. His dad always said he got court here. Jesus Christ! Can, you make it sound like
1: like I'm imagining like something that looks like a ransom note. Like <laughs> when,
0: when Andrew submitted like it. When Andrew submitted his so-called invoices, the accountants doing the audit the audit went <laughs> <laughs> Like, they were so fake that all you could do was laugh in his oh face. Like, there, there was not even a pretense in making this look real. Dang. I guess he thinks everybody's that stupid. I don't know. That or he's like some sort of like adrenaline junkie. I don't get and it. And he just has to be in trouble. Because <laughs> that What it sounds like to me. So, on March eleventh, two 2003, the Finance Committee sent out a letter to all of the tenants detailing all of Andrew's financial misdeeds.
1: Oh, those poor people. Put
0: him all the way on blast.
1: Do it. Like... Could you imagine getting a letter
0: like that?
2: Oh my god.
0: Like, and that's... What a nightmare. And it's not just any piece of real estate. It is your home and, And your security. And like vaguely remembering, because I just always remember in TV shows, New York people talking about going co-op, going yeah, co-op. yeah. And real estate's already tricky and expensive as mm-hmm. is, but in a dense place like New York, yeah. in the city, being able to own your apartment yeah, or something that is I kind of low-key, right? wish that co-ops were a thing in LA, but that's a story for oh, another day. Or if co-ops are still a thing in general. Yeah. I know they were huge in New York, but that's only from television. But they don't sound like a bad setup. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. So, this letter to basically the building forces Andrew to resign his treasure. (laughs) He did not resolve until he had a full fuck around and find out moment. (laughs) He's like, I could keep stealing from them, though, right? Ah, shit. it's, It's over. It's over. So days after he resigned, Andrew decided to pay $1 million in restitution to the building. Moved out to one of the family ski chalets in New York, in Vermont. <laughs> and was never seen in the building again. Oh my god. Good
1: for them!
0: Here's was fucked up, that leaves Haley and the kids in that building. Wait, with they these stayed? Pe- yes, because Haley wanted the kids to finish out the year. Oh my god. So they stayed. Ostracized and humiliated oh in their fabulous luxury three-story apartment. Oh my god. While Andrew fucks off to a ski chalet.
1: Like a coward. To a tantrum chalet.
0: Andrew. Yes, because it is a tantrum at this point. Chalet, we'll take you to the limit. Do, do, do. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And, and left his wife and kids there to bear the brunt of whatever humiliation comes along with your husband being exposed to the fraudster. Punk. It's such a punk move. Just like not in a good way. Just left her there. And how does that work for Haley as such a high-profile financial analyst? Right? Oh, wait till, like, it's just, it's like waiting for the gossip rags. Like, dude. But the board decided that Andrew's restitution of 2 payment is not enough. No fuck. <laughs> I'm like, that can't be, like, a that
1: can't be a significant portion of what he stole. He stole more it's than It's not. That.
0: And the building wants it. Oh. <laughs> Get
2: it? Anyway. We have
0: 20 million, we want 20 million. Yeah. And if you, if you really don't got $20 million, I, I suggest you find out how to get it. Yes. Because I would like it. <laughs> In October 2003, Andrew and the building reached an agreement where Andrew said that he would repay all of the funds stolen, including fees and interest, to a total of $4.7 million dollars. Mm-hmm. And for this, Andrew got a written release from civil liability. Okay. Fair. I I guess, maybe. Anything that doesn't get him jail time, he should be kissing the ground and, like, thanking God for. (laughs) But that agreement doesn't stop any criminal investigations (laughs) into Andrew's dealings. Here's the thing. The building was willing to settle because they wanted to keep Scandal away from the building. Mm -hmm. They felt that, um, because co-ops by 2002... The the phenomenon of co-ops is kind of on the decline. Mm-hmm. They're harder to get into. And yeah. what you what types of prices you can command for these apartments depends in large part on your building's reputation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like moving into 666. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What is it, Park Place? Park Avenue? Park?
1: Yeah, Park Avenue.
0: You know, it's it's, it's like the reputation of the yeah. building is just as important as the actual property value. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to fuck with that. And that's why they're willing to settle. But ever the crafty scammer. (laughs) Is he really that crafty? Or is he just
1: persistent?
0: He manages to avoid criminal prosecution by making donations to local, state, and national politicians on both sides of the aisle. For
1: fuck's sake.
0: And he is particularly generous the R people <laughs> no kidding uh... and yet this brushwood scandal of illegality did not curtail or slow down <laughs> any of Andrew's scams or lavish lifestyle oh choices choices <laughs> choices and I stick by my adrenaline junkie theory It's possible. I can't call it, girl. Some people just gotta be in trouble. I can't call it. You, how you feel about Andrew, but I think I know he's a shit bag, <laughs> just a flaming bag of dog <laughs> I don't get it for no good goddamn reason, yeah, as far as I can does tell. Does he feel slighted? My dad was mean to me at one time. <laughs> I have a brother who's a little better than me, ever so slightly. Yeah, and what's funny is when they say that Rob was the more handsome brother, I'm like, how can you tell? They look so much alike. So but me, then again, like it. This is like his perception. So, but so okay. Let me. I'm gonna find you a picture of Rob and Andrew Kessel. Mm-hmm. They are not. They're not for me. But they're not mm-hmm. bad looking. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, they're they're not my flavor. Yeah, by any stretch. But they're not overly good looking but they're not overly ugly so this is the shorter one in the blue is Rob on the left on the right and the white shirt is Andrew how is Rob the better looking brother? I know that is yeah
1: he has nothing to be jealous of
0: oh wait no that's my bad I swapped it around Oh, Um, because Andrew even Rob even though he is younger is taller so the white shirt is Andrew. Okay. And the blue shirt is Rob. I swapped that. That's my bad. Yeah. Still not for me. <laughs> he, he's traumatized by his little brother being bigger. Still not for me. Yeah. But to me, they're... they're okay looking guys. Yeah. They're not bad looking. They're just At not right. my flavor. Yeah. But they look, to me, they look so much alike. It's like, how you mad? They, y'all look... I don't understand why people are like, yo, he was definitely the better look. Where? Because to me they look damn near identical. Yeah. Just One, one's taller. One's taller than the other, but they look the same. Time. They do. <laughs> so I don't I don't understand this whole he was definitely the better looking, more athletic, like <laughs> better brother. I don't get it. No. But I think we can agree that uh Andrew Kissel is a Flaming, frauding, lying piece of shit. Yeah.
1: For no good goddamn reason.
0: But we're going to put him aside. We'll talk about Andrew more in episode right. two. Okay. And we're going to talk more about Rob and Nancy and their time in Hong Kong. Okay. Now, while Rob is flying high, living in Hong Kong, Nancy is struggling. Mm. Like, badly. After the birth of their third child in 2001, Nancy was suffering from postpartum depression. Mm. Oh, that sucks. And she's in a new country. Yeah. I understand. I'm of two minds. It might be because I just don't like Nancy. (laughs) Um, I understand struggling in a new culture, Mm -hmm. especially one that's so vastly different from your own. But they live in an expat community that, outside of the help, is 98% expats. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be bothered by the Native community at large if True. they don't want to be. True. So how are you struggling that hard? Yeah. Culturally, not the postpartum yeah. thing. Postpartum's a struggle no matter where you're at. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm gonna give her a pass on whatever her postpartum yeah. struggles are. But the cultural struggles that she seems to be having, I don't understand. It. Yeah. That would be, like, me moving to an apartment complex in Mexico City that was 99% American. Mm -hmm. Where is my struggle? That's true. Well, I mean, leaving the building. But I'm guessing, like, her life can be really curated outside the building, too. I'm sure there's all sorts of, like, restaurants and clubs and whatnot that cater to her. Her life in the the community, because it's not just that building. It's Mm -hmm. like a little community, mm-hmm. like an like a whole neighborhood. Okay. Or something. Um, that's nothing but twenty thousand dollar a month apartments oh, yeah. paid for by Finnbros.
1: Yeah.
0: Um that's nothing but Western expats. Yeah. Just stay there. Is an Australian accent fucking you up that much? <laughs> right. Like the cultural struggle would come if she leaves that neighborhood And ventures out into wider Hong Kong. Yeah. Because she doesn't speak Mandarin. There's a lot of people in Hong Kong that speak English, but not everybody. And even though it was part of the great, not so great British Empire, at one point there's still a lot of custom and stuff that Mm -hmm. is Chinese that she would have to kind of wrap her head around. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to be spending Mm -hmm. any time outside of Mm -hmm. her bubble in greater Hong Kong. So where the fuck is your struggle? I know, right? It doesn't make sense. I don't get it. In later interviews, Nate with um, friends, Nancy was never properly treated for her postpartum, Mm. which led to more lingering depression beginning um, and the beginning of the end of her marriage to Rob.
2: Mm. In
0: 2003, Hong Kong was hit by the SARS epidemic. We all remember that. And in order to get Nancy and the kids out of harm's way, it was decided that Nancy and the children would head back to the U.S. where they would wait out the epidemic in the Kissel's New York apartment. Smart. They kept that because, like I said, they did travel home fairly frequently Mm -hmm. and it was a convenient place to stay. Then, after she stayed in New York for a few weeks, Nancy would ultimately make her way to the family ski chalet in Vermont where everybody throws tantrums. (laughs) Yes. In their private ski chalets. Yeah. Not the one for the family. They yeah. don't have their own. Mm-hmm. While Nancy agreed with Rob that getting the kids out of Hong Kong was the best way to keep the family safe, Rob didn't seem to lift a finger to make, help Nancy make the plans Ooh. that need to be made for an emergency international travel. Yeah. During an epidemic. Like, it's not COVID level shit, yeah.
1: but. But come on, Rob.
0: Step up. Do, do something more yeah. than hand her a bank card, yeah. is what I'm saying. Um, and that probably added to her stress, her depression, yeah. all that. After Nancy made it back stateside, her BFF Bryna, who's another friend from the uh, Ally Gertz days, hmm. they weren't still in touch, got a call from Rob. During that call, Rob confessed to Bryna that his marriage to Nancy was not going well at all. Okay. Bryna had already knew that things were tense between Rob and Nancy. Mm -hmm. Nancy had kind of, like, dropped hints, but she didn't tell the whole story. But Rob laid bare how things, how bad things had gotten. Mm -hmm. Even going as far as to ask Bryna to continue to be his place of venting his marital woes. Okay. He... I think like a lot of guys, especially guys in this age group, Mm -hmm. Rob does not have a lot of close friends. Mm -hmm. Not only does he not have a lot of close friends, he doesn't have a lot of close friends that he can talk about this with. Yeah. Because it just seems, and we're working on it now, the kids will be alright. I firmly believe that. Yeah. But he is not of the generation where men are more okay with being like, bro. Yeah. Like emotional support to each other. Yeah. He is not of that. Yeah. So he is friends. And he is his finance bro friends, mm-hmm. and his sports bro friends, and his golf bro friends. Yeah. But when they talk, it's like the game. Mm-hmm. Work. Mergers and acquisitions. Yeah. stress, debt. Whatever. Male gossip. And and sometimes they might be like, hey guys, I'm thinking of divorce. I think my wife's having an affair. Oh man, bro, that sucks. But those Yankees, though. Yeah, like, <laughs> moving right along. Like that seems to be where he's at. Yeah, and I think that's why he's venting to Brina. Okay, now it's less weird. It's still weird. Yeah, I would say call your brother, but he may not <laughs> pick up the phone. You may not even have his number. Exactly. I, I don't know what. I don't know what's I'm happening there. To pick up. You might be the FBI. But I mean, call your dad. Yeah, call your sister. Yeah. That Daniel guy from high school seems cool. Yeah, why You're one of your wife's best friends? I think because there's nobody else. Yeah, still pure <laughs> speculation on my part, but yeah. I think it might be because there's literally nobody else yeah. he can say this stuff to.
2: Um,
0: Brina didn't want to betray Nancy. Mm-hmm. This is weird. Yeah, her. yeah. Like, what do you do? But it was clear to her that Rob doesn't have anybody else mm. so even though it was against her better judgment, she told Rob they could continue their conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. don't ask me about what Nancy says,
1: yeah, fair,
0: and she did she was up front, she told nancy rob needs needs help. I said I'd be a shoulder to lean on, but I won't tell him what you tell me. And don't ask me what me and Rob talk about. Mm-hmm. I am Switzerland. Yes. I can make my chocolates and listen. Yes. And she she knew it was a bad decision. She she knew it was bad, but she felt, she loves them both. Yeah. And she feels bad for them both. So here she is. Yeah. It is not an enviable position. Rob would call Bryna damn near every day a dozen times a oh. day. You know, what? there's like a 12 to 16 hour time gap between yeah. uh, Brian is in San Francisco and he's in Hong Kong. Oh, my God. So he's calling her during the middle of the night. And she's but, just like, <laughs> I don't care about what time. It's a dozen times a day. Yeah. Good I'm God. I'm just like, the time bothers me because one, you call me at 3 a.m. if nobody's dead. Right? But if it's call number 10. But if I wake up in the morning to nothing but Rob Kissel crying, suck my dick. We're not doing this.
2: Oh my God.
0: We're not. Just because the time difference means you can only talk to my answering machine doesn't mean I mean, need two dozen yeah. messages a day of your constant Oh my mind. God. That's awful. <laughs> Whew. Rob did say in these conversations that he suspected that Nancy was having an affair. Mm. And Rob was right. Oh. He hired a PI, when um, Nancy was in the U.S. for the SARS thing,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, he hired a PI to look into Nancy's movements while she was back at home, and it looked like Nancy had struck up an affair with the Kissel family IT TV oh. security guy, mm-hmm. guy named Mike, mm-hmm. um, owned a uh, security slash audio mm-hmm. TV repair Company with his brother, yeah, and they specialized in doing security systems and high end um, mm-hmm. audio, video, surround sound setups for wealthy folk. Okay, is their jam. So, yeah, Nancy's fucking the TV repair guy, yeah, essentially, yeah, is what that is. But Rob said that he was willing to forgive Nancy any cheating to keep the family intact. Mm a better person than me. Yes. So I'd be like, fuck that bitch. Yeah. I, I got 50 bajillion fucking dollars. Mm-hmm. I can do what I want.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm out. Rob also confided in Brita that he was worried about how Nancy handled their kids. Oh? He knew that his kids could be unruly in school. He had heard or gotten notes about the report. Mm-hmm. All that, uh, uh, about their behavior. Like, you know, teachers send notes. Yeah, yeah. All of that shit's addressed to Nancy, but he's seen it. Um, And Nancy had started to develop a really short temper and tended to deal with the kids' bad behavior by either making donations to the school to shut the teachers the fuck up, yeah, or by volunteering her time at different events to make the teacher shut the fuck up, yeah, and look like a more involved parent than what she actually was. (laughs) Versus actually trying to discipline her children or change their behavior. I'm going to either buy or volunteer my way out of parenting. (laughs) Yeah. Rob was particularly worried about their youngest son, Reese. Um, Rob would tell friends that he didn't want his kids to grow up in an angry home. Yeah. And that the one thing that Nancy knew how to do was be mad (laughs) and spend money. Oh, God. That's what she's good at. (laughs) These oh, are crap these are gifts ay, ay, ay. this comment was made the whole like she can she can be mad and spend money <laughs> Rob made that comment after he got a bill from Nancy's hairdresser for 5,000 doll hairs. oh my god I would love to see the receipt for this yeah I'm gonna be, I want itemized. That ain't just a cut in color. No, what the hell? Like, what in the spa day hell? $5,000 at the salon, I'm taking you, I'm taking all the homies, I'm taking boyfriend, I'm taking my mom, I'm taking my dad, I'm flying your mom and dad out. Like, we're all going for $5,000. I'm taking like 10 people to the salon. What the fuck? Turns out that Nancy is um, a good customer. At some, Obviously. At some of the hottest spots in their community. Oh, yeah, Remember, yeah. she's not living the bubble that's leaving the bubble that is the expat community. <laughs> but she's not well liked by the people that work in the establishments. <laughs> For lack of a better term, the people that service Nancy say that she's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds right. They don't even elaborate, they're like she was an asshole. <laughs> Just that's I don't, I don't, I don't, have time to explain it. Just, oh God, I love the Chinese and sometimes they're bluntness. Yes. She was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask anything else. I she don't got the time. She asshole. was an asshole. <laughs> yeah. So by this point, Rob is talking to his friends about filing for a divorce from Nancy. Like I said, they're not big emotional conversations. He's just being like, hey, Rob, you're a little down in the dumps. What's wrong? think Nancy's cheating and I might file for divorce. Ooh, wow. wow, how about them Dodgers? <laughs> like, that's where it's at. Did you hear about the latest distressed
2: exactly. dead?
0: Like, that's where he's at. They feel for the guy. They yeah. really do. But they are men of a certain yeah. age. And, and that is not their business. No. Um. Rob said that if, if and when he filed for divorce... He planned to be very generous in whatever the divorce settlement was. Yeah. As long as Nancy continued to give him access to the three kids. That's really yeah. all he wanted. That's fair. I'm assuming I assuming he wanted her to stay in Hong Kong in some capacity. Yeah. If what he wants is access to that the makes kids. Sense. It seems yeah. like he's willing to support her as long as she stays nearby. Mm-hmm. Eventually Rob would confront Nancy about the affair and ask for a divorce. But Nancy promised Rob that she would cut off the affair and work on their marriage. Mm. Spoiler, she's a lying liar that lies. (laughs) This kept the peace for a while, but Rob would eventually find emails, secret cell phone, Mm. and a bunch of other shit um, that showed that Nancy was still in touch with her U.S. He got Mm. her with with her lover, with the TV repair guy. (laughs) Yes. He got her on the spyware.
1: Ah,
0: uh, mm. he knew. He knew. In late October, Rob and his P- told his PI about the emails and the secret cell phone, and he was resigned to the fact that his marriage was over. Yeah. That it was, in fact, time to file for divorce. Rob's PI was relieved to hear that, and he, that Rob was ready to leave his marriage. Especially since a few weeks ago, Rob said that he thought that Nancy was trying to kill him. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. There's funny stuff at the bottom of the scotch. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I'll probably repeat this later, but his private eye was like, you need to go to a doctor, you need to get a blood work. Wow. So that you can confirm or deny something funny is going on. Yeah. Yeah. Rob didn't do it. Oh, God. He felt bad that he even thought that she would stoop to such a level.
1: (laughs) The woman who denied her dying mother her last dying wish
0: wouldn't stoop to that? Do you get lower than that? In a fucked up way that's lower than murder? (laughs) Kind of.
1: (laughs) Yeah. To, like, deny kindness
0: to a dying person. That's gross. Like... And it doesn't sound like she had a bad relationship with Elaine up until that point. She's just selfish. Either
1: like either there's something really messed up with her where she likes to not deny people something, or she's just like, no, I want May. <laughs> May is the time to get married. March is like a cheap month.
0: I don't know. I, I, I can't call it. She's I can't call like, it. No, I get my way. I want it. And in the spring. Like I said, Bill Kills is a better man than me because yeah. I would have dragged Rob out of there by his ear and I just would have burned the whole thing to the ground. Yep. I don't care if we are on Fifth Avenue. I will burn this motherfucker <laughs> to the ground. I paid for it. I bought it. Yes. I can destroy it. The roof. The roof. The, the roof, roof is on fire. fire. We don't need the water. Let this motherfucker burn. Burn, burn reception. Burn. burn. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be me oh. all fucking day long. I ain't got yep. time for that.
2: <laughs> but
0: after this conversation, Rob didn't. He- um, Rob's PI didn't hear from Rob for about two weeks. Ooh. Now, alarm bells not quite just yet. Yeah, because Rob, you know, the PI knew that Rob had some business trips lined up. He goes to Taiwan. He goes to Japan. Yeah, remember he's in charge of all of Asia. Yes. And distressed debt, so he does travel fairly frequently. And so he was like, okay, Rob is probably just busy. Yeah. I'm going to let it slide. Sinai, i let it slide. <laughs> yeah. But when the private investigator's emails to Rob's work address started bouncing. Oh, frig. Oh, this is a problem. Yeah. Him being too busy to deal with this is one thing. Mm-hmm. Work emails coming back is non-deliverable. Yeah. What happened? That never happens. On November 6th, Nancy called her friend Bryna and left her a message saying that Rob had beat the shit out of her and chased her around the bedroom trying to creep her. Oh, my God. Hysteria. Now, Bryna knew that Nancy and Rob weren't doing well. She yeah. knows them both very well. And she knows that there's problems, and married couples have problems. Mm-hmm. But this story doesn't sm- pass the smell test. Yeah.
2: <laughs> like,
0: it's coming out of nowhere. When Bryna tried to call Nancy back, there was no answer. Mm-hmm. Bryna was finally about to get, in, to get in touch with Nancy the next day. She got a hold of her the next morning. I wrote that really stupid because it was late, like 3 o'clock in oh, the morning. Oh, no worries. And it's just... Retake. take. Yeah. But when Brina tried to call Nancy back, there was no answer. Mm. Bryna was able to get a hold of Nancy the next day, the next morning, because of okay. the time difference. She she just like stayed up all night. Again. Aww. I gotta wait till eight a.m. She should be up by eight a.m. Yeah, just up all night. Just first in the minute she knew there was first light in Hong Kong. Yeah, Bryna was calling Nancy, and Rhina was told that Rob had left the apartment. Hmm. When he left Nancy, he, Nancy said that he left her with broken ribs hmm. and a trip to the hospital. Oh my god. Brian tried to get more information out of Nancy, but all Nancy wanted to talk about is how fucking Merrill Lynch had her kids' tuition money tied up in a goddamn trust fund. Mm-hmm. Ouch, okay. my ribs. I mean, ouch, my trust fund. Ouch, my ribs. <laughs> ouch, my <laughs> trust fund. I'm not sure which hurts more. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> the trust fund. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I don't believe those ribs are broken. They're not. Bryna called Nancy back again. So this is two days after the fight. Yeah, supposedly happened. This time, Nancy was crying. She told Bryna, Her dad's coming to Hong Kong from Chicago. to." Help with
2: these
1: sun <sighs> <laughs> My traumas, my traumas.
0: Later that day, Bryna calls Nancy back again um, to ask her about an upcoming trip to San Francisco. Nancy was going to go visit Bryna in San Francisco where they had planned not only to hang out and mm-hmm. catch up, but Nancy was also planning to have a breast lift. Oh. Not mad at it. Mommy makeover. She's right? popped out three yeah. babies. Not mad. Nothing wrong with that. had told Nancy, hey, you'll probably not be able to get a breast lift if you've got broken ribs. <laughs> right? So we should probably reschedule that portion of the trip, right? Yeah. Like, I'll call and cancel. I'll take care of it mm-hmm. for you. You've got a lot going yeah. on. But we should. Yeah. yeah. Nancy said, nah, nah, nah. Just, just keep the reservations. We're just going to keep this (laughs) pushing. But those ribs, though. Right? But those ribs. Bryna had a feeling that something wasn't right. After talking to Nancy, Bryna called Rob several times and sent several dozen emails, Mm. all with no reply. Which is strange from a man who is wont to call her a dozen times a day. And who's like an international businessman and world traveler. He's the kind of motherfucker that's glued to a Blackberry yes. or a laptop yeah. damn near constantly. For him to go like radio silent, weird. Does not happen. Very unusual mm-hmm. for him. Oh, Rob. Later, Bryna got a call from one of the Kissels housekeepers. Mm-hmm. And the housekeeper said something strange was in the apartment. Oh? But she didn't know what. She had a weird vibe, it was a weird smell. Things Mm. were missing and out of place, but she couldn't always... Yeah. You you don't catalog everything, especially when you're at work. And when you're a housekeeper for people like the Kissels and dealing with personality like Nancy, you don't pay attention to their stuff. Mm. You keep your head down. You do your goddamn job, because these are the kind of people that will accuse you of stealing the silver when they misplace it. Yes. So Nancy. So she knows that something is off, But since she's not like cataloging all of that stuff, Mm -hmm. all of their stuff, I should say, yeah, she's can't put her finger on what's missing or what's in disarray per se, yeah, because the house is neat; it's not like ransacked. But she knows it's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) All the housekeeper knew for sure is that she was very scared, Mm. and that a rolled-up carpet had been removed from the Kissel's apartment. And there's a very strange smell in the house. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Now, she was like, she told Bryna, the carpet is missing. There's a weird smell. Bryna asked her, well, where do you think the carpet went? She's like, if it went anywhere, it probably went down to the storage room in the basement. Mm-hmm. And Bryna was like, go look. And the housekeeper was like, fuck you. Right? <laughs> I'm already frightened. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere near that basement. No. You people do not pay me enough. You do it. Yeah. You get on a flight to Hong Kong and then you can look at this basement yeah. all you fucking want. I've done my bit. Not this little brown duck. Yeah. I'm not doing it. <laughs> Other friends and colleagues had been looking for Rob over the past few days mm-hmm. as well, but nobody was able to find it. Mm-hmm. When they talked to Nancy, she told them that, well, we and her and Rob had a flight. And that he had left the house, but neglected to put on a jacket, shoes, or take his car keys. What? What a dumb cow! So yeah, Rob's just running the streets of Hong Kong barefoot, no jacket, no car. What? Yeah. Okay, girl, bye. That's a dumb lie. When Rob's friends reached out to Bryna to see if she knew anything. Bryna told them about the conversation with the housekeeper, with the rug, the basement, and the, but the housekeeper is scared and says, I don't get paid enough for this. Yeah. I don't blame her. I'm sorry, I don't do Scooby-Doo mysteries. Uh-uh. Nope, not by myself. Not. <laughs> I'm not looking for any fucking ghosts. Yeah, I, I am afraid of that ghost. <laughs> <laughs> is where she's at. Um, so, Rob's friends talk to the housekeeper. She's just like, look, I remember the rug, it's gone, it was rolled up, mm-hmm. now it's missing, there's a weird smell in the house, but nothing else seems to be mis- I, I can't call it, but yeah. I, I can tell you I'm not going down there. <laughs> and that's when Rob's friends decided it was best to call the police and file a missing persons report. When Bryna spoke to Nancy again, she tried not to let on that she was worried about Rob <laughs> and that she thought something was wrong. She just let Nancy know that she was worried about her. Mm -hmm. Because they had that fight. Yeah. And that she was here if she ever wanted to talk. Yeah. Your poor broken ribs. Nancy was like, you know, what's important right now? What? Staying calm. (laughs) Okay. That wouldn't be because you put your husband in a rug, would it? (laughs) Uh, It wouldn't be because you're in the (laughs) biggest trouble of your life.
2: Is Rob in the rug. <laughs> yeah, Rob
0: in the rug. <laughs> is he? Did you put it? Did you put Rob in a rug? Like that would be me. Like, I don't think I'd be able to play this nearly as cool as Bryda, Because I'd be like, girl, did you stop that man on the rug? Let me, let me level with you. I heard y'all got a rug missing, and Rob is missing. Tell me, girl, did you put Rob in the rug? <laughs> yeah. Like, I I don't think I would be able to like be this chill. No. I really don't. Later, (laughs) the housekeeper called Bryna back in tears. Aw. She told Bryna that the police had finally come by. Oh, yay. They searched the apartment. They searched the basement. Yeah. They searched the Kissel storage section. Yes. And in that search, they found... Rob's beaten, bloody body. Oh my god. In the basement, wrapped in a carpet. Ah. Very expensive carpet, too. <laughs> very like oriental rug mm-hmm. type action. Oh, yeah, no doubt. On November 6, 2003, Lance, the owner of the TV security, whatever, TV repair guy company, mm-hmm that Rob and Andrew had both used to set up the fancy uh, security and audiovisual systems in their respective homes, Mm -hmm. got a call from Andrew. And they were all very friendly, so it's, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. What's up? When Lance answered, all Andrew said was, your brother killed my brother. Huh? Andrew knows about the affair. Yeah. He's just gotten the word of Rob's death. Yeah. So he wants Lance to know that his brother is dead, and it was most likely because of Lance's brother's affair oh. with his sister-in-law. Ooh. Well, Andrew, out of nowhere, your brother killed my brother. Oh my god! Now Lance is like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. Right. And he was like, "What? Whoa." Whoa? Now then Andrew said I've been encouraged by counsel not to say anything else. (laughs) So of course I had to say something. Lance is confused. He he, he, doesn't understand what's going on. Yeah. Lance had found out about the affair between Mike and Nancy Mm -hmm. like two, three months previously. Mm -hmm. When Lance found out about the affair he fired Mike. Oh good. You cannot fuck the client's wife. Yeah. Especially clients that are friends of the family. You do not shit where you live. Get the fuck out. So Mike is out of the business. So Lance is like, I don't understand what you're talking about.
1: Mm.
0: Like, no. I fired my brother. My brother said he ended things with Nancy. Yeah. What are you talking about? Andrew finally told Lance that Rob was dead. Oh. And Nancy had killed him. Lance tried to tell Andrew that he had fired Mike two months ago. I, 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 I what? I did my part. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't kill anybody. My brother didn't kill anybody. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking are about? You coming after me? Get Nancy. And then he just hung up on him. Jesus Christ. Andrew just hung up the fucking phone. <laughs> Andrew just called to say, your brother killed my brother. And that was it. Well, Fucked up. I mean... It's weird. I'll let him have his grief. Yes. Because from his standpoint, the only thing that would make Nancy kill Rob is the affair was found out. Yeah. So he's deciding to lay that on Lance's feet and he just wants Lance to know that your brother killed my brother. And Andrew is a weirdo, so... (laughs) Yeah. I'll let him have it. He is a little bit. That same afternoon, Bill had just woken up from a nap. And he was getting ready to host a party in his Florida retirement home. He's a new Aww. girlfriend and everything. Oh good for Bill. Bill had been awakened, he said, by a horrible dream where he saw Rob laying in front of him naked and dead. Oh, jeez. He said it was a horrifying nightmare. Yeah. But when he woke up, he shook it off. Mm. He's like, oh, don't like that. Yeah. Shook it off, got ready for his party. Later that evening, in the middle of the party, Bill got a call from Andrew. Since Bill and Andrew rarely spoke because he's had Bill on, like, no low contact since at least college. Yeah. Like, at this point, they speak maybe four times a year. Oh, jeez. What? Hanukkah? <laughs> yeah. Birthday. Birthday. New Year. Anniversary. High holidays, maybe? Yeah. Um... The Kistels are Jewish. I'm not clear with how observant they are. Mm. Like I I know they go to synagogue and stuff, but mm-hmm. I don't I I'm I'm not sure how observant they are outside of high holidays. Yeah. So Bill is at least getting those calls. <laughs> yes. He's getting a Passover call. Yeah, yeah. He gets a Hanukkah call. He gets a Rosh Hashanah call. Yeah. But I don't know that, if he gets anything no, after no. that. No,
1: if it's just four times a year. That it's not these holidays, yeah, it's birthdays it, and stuff. Because yeah. if he was calling on holidays, there would be a lot more calls,
0: probably. But <laughs> needless to say, they don't talk. Yeah. So for Andrew to call Bill, yes, that's remarkable. It is it's, outside the schedule. It's important. Yeah. Andrew told his father the very, very bad, not good news that Rob had been murdered. Mm. Bill Kissel passed out in front of his guests. Fell the fuck out. Yeah. His girlfriend and the guests were so scared. They called 911 and shoved an unconscious Bill into an ambulance. Wow.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: (laughs) if I I saw that, you bet. 911 it is. Bill came to inside the ambulance Mm. just before he got to the hospital um the doctor's cleared Bill is healthy for a 72 year old man.
1: Mm.
0: And as soon as he was given a clean bill of health him and his girlfriend were on a plane to Hong Kong before the day. Wow. Wow, that's money. It is, <laughs> right? It is. This is one of the few like occasions where I'm like, oh my god, this is why it would be so good I to be independently wealthy. Like, yeah. something's happened to one of your babies, and you need to get there and you, you right need, away. You don't have to be one of us, one of us poor schmucks, have to to hold the hat out and pass it around, help you get passage to Hong Kong, or just wait. Yeah, which would be even worse. I yeah. Think. You could just get up and get to fucking Hong Kong and see what happened to your son. In Hong Kong, Bill insisted on seeing his son. And he, but, and when he was at the morgue, Mm. the cops said, don't take off the sheet. Yeah. It's better for you to remember him as he was. Yeah. Um, Rob had been in the morgue for a couple of days so in addition to his face practically being collapsed in, yeah, and a whole lot of blunt force trauma injury around the head and neck, he was starting to decompose a bit. Yes. So the cops were like, just, just he's been in that rug in that storage room for a couple days at least, like three, four days. Yeah. Ugh. And then on to the morgue, which is at least refrigerated, but, but still, yeah. So he was. The cops are like, don't, don't, don't do this to yourself. Just, just leave. Yeah. It. Um, Rob had a funeral for his friends in Hong Kong. Um, well, I should say Bill put on a funeral um, for Rob's friends and colleagues in Hong Kong um, at That's the local sick. synagogue there. And then his remains were flown back home to New York for yeah. burial. Sounds right.
1: Yes. Yeah, he should go home.
0: Poor Bill. He's an ass and he's not a fucking ass yeah like bill Kissel is only an asshole because he's a man of a certain time (laughs) yes he's a man of like so if he's 72 in the early aughts he's from the 40s oh no he would have been born in like the late 30s so bill's from the 1930s everybody was an asshole yes Especially men. Men were especially assholes in the 1930s. Yeah. So I don't think Bill Kissel is a bad person. I think Bill Kissel's an asshole because he comes from the 30s. Yeah. He's Sean Connery. Exactly. Miss exactly. a woman. She's slapping. Open handed slap. Don't close this. <laughs> we're not Open animal. hand slap. Open handed slap. <laughs> you gotta correct her, not destroy her. Yeah, he, he come any man that's gonna be like, oh yeah, my my son's girlfriend, sexy as fuck. Yeah, like no, oh, he's a little problematic, possibly yeah. neglectful, but I don't think he's a bad human. Yeah, no, anybody that passes out at that news camp, yeah, back. yeah,
1: he's just old fashioned. It's just old.
0: Yeah. Kissels, ooh! I need a break. (laughs) They are, they are, they are. They They really, 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 really are. They They like Andrew's an asshole. That goes without saying. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to defend Andrew in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) Bill is a possible asshole. Elaine is innocent. Yes. (laughs) Rob was decent. Yeah, I like Rob. And Nancy's just horrible. Yeah, Nancy's the worst. And it's like this weird mix of like benign evil and real evil. Haley seems okay. We'll get to that (laughs) half a later. (laughs) But now it's time to take a break from the Kissels. And it's time for the Worst Song of the Week. (laughs) We're going to take it back. Mm -hmm.
2: We're
0: going to take it back. We're going to bring it down. Oh, yeah? You remember Trapped? Oh, my god. Uh, barely. Do you remember their barely. one song?
1: <laughs> well, one
0: of two. Because they had a slow jam.
1: Oh,
0: okay. Do you remember Headstrong?
1: Headstrong. I'm gonna take on
0: anyone that now. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, a few years ago, like five, eight years ago, mm-hmm. at least according to the YouTubes, this thing was uploaded like eight years ago. Okay. So that doesn't mean that's when it I don't know. I didn't give a fuck about when it actually happened. <laughs> Truth be told, it's too much information about trapped, and I know too much already. Yes, they did an acoustic album. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It has twelve oh. tracks. Only two songs that I know because they only have two songs. They got headstrong oh and that and that echo, echo, oh, echo, oh, echo. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. them too. Two, oh my God. Like two songs. Oh. Acoustic. Yeah. Oh my god. And they did it at some um radio station called 95 Will Rock. It's a live acoustic album. Oh yeah. Oh my god. So without further ado Here <laughs> oh, is Trapped's acoustic no. version
2: no. of
0: Headstrong. You can't.
1: This can't be right. No.
0: It's. Want to hear headstrong? Like, no! Alright, let's see First of all, don't ask that question what? like you got another song, do motherfucker. It. Do the song. That's what everybody came from. Or not. Oh, God. Oh, I mean, on. they could not do it, but let's not pretend that that's the thing that people came there for. Right? You want to hear Headstrong? Like, there's something else <laughs> for a Morning to radio show. Shut the fuck up. They didn't right? come there for Echo. <laughs> they came for Headstrong. True. Uh, but.
1: You're circling,
0: you're circling, 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 circling. His voice. Up, I don't know why I the lyrics feel like worse. Circling and circling every and, every circling, circling, eyes and eyes circling and I don't know why might not funny <laughs> if you know, it's
2: you just hanging out. there all
0: reedy baby, and thin, and thin inside, by itself.
2: Inside,
0: inside. I'll never be able to hear the song now without going so circling and circling and circling and circling. You know, somebody said in yeah. the comments Because now I'm looking at the comments of this bullshit Headstrong, he'll take on anyone <laughs> He knows you're wrong He said strong mm-hmm. So somebody said, interesting fact Trap composes all of their songs on acoustic guitars first And then records with the heavier rock elements That's why all of their songs sound so, so, so awesome in both styles Trapped needs to stop commenting on their own videos. It's sad. Because my thing was like, how do you know that? Why do you know that? Why do you know know so much about Trapped? That's awful. Oh my god! They had two songs, guys. Like, somebody else said the song sounds better acoustically. You know Uh. what? When the singer is playing guitar and singing by himself, apparently there's another version of this that's super acoustic with just (laughs) the (laughs) singer on a guitar and not the full band.
2: Oh.
0: And this is a more recent comment, so this came out like eight, nine years ago. This is a five-year-old comment.
2: (laughs) Like I I can't
0: I, I don't even know what's happening here Like I know exactly what's happening And then I think that's why it bothers me I
1: This presentation of it just like highlights
0: all the weaknesses of the song so somebody from two years ago is in my head or it's me from the future saying the acoustic version of headstrong that nobody asked for (laughs) I've never commented on a YouTube thing in my life but this person must have read me from the future because uh, yeah and then somebody said, "How could you rip on this acoustic? It's way harder to do than the original." It's it's hard do. harder. Doesn't mean better. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's more difficult to do this acoustically. I, I can't imagine it's any different than doing it. But why, Dan? He won't give anything away, Jeannie. Oh God! He's circling and circling and circling and circling and circling <laughs> He needs to give this. He needs to give this career away. I don't wanna somebody wants a I don't full know. concert of this. I
2: don't wanna oh, God. I don't I don't wanna about uh, I
0: don't yeah. Um, somebody said, thanks, Anthony, and now I feel headstrong, ready to take on anyone. Oh, God. Which is, <laughs> which is how you should have felt when you were 22 and this house. Uh, yeah. somebody said, how dare this video not have more views? <laughs> I think you're right that somewhere, like, Trap is, like, using dummy accounts to comment on that stuff. These are sock (laughs)
2: puppets.
0: Like, uh, yeah, the comments in here are weird. Uh, Somebody said, what the hell, you guys, what the hell, guys, you should know how to make this sound badass without a studio. (laughs) I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Right I mean, Headstrong, yeah, emo puberty, that's firmly where the song falls. <laughs> firmly where the song yes. falls. Yes. I mean, I was in my early 20s, so I was past puberty. But still, like, yes. firmly early 20s, it's emo, emo yeah. alt. This is where, firmly where that falls. Somebody from two years ago said, I feel more closer to the song than before. <laughs> Thank you because I love it. True fans don't tram. care. Because it's the meaning that's more important to us. <laughs> this is Shakespearean, I tell you. It is a cultural treasure. Genie. Yeah? Headstrong. No. To take on anyone, <laughs> he knows that you were wrong, and this is not where you belong. Exactly. Run, run from the worst song of the week. I don't know why that part cracks me up. It's so dumb. I never... he. you know he loves that bit. You know that's his favorite bit. I don't know why I didn't realize how stupid he sounded. <laughs> it. It's because like when the like the, the crunchy guitars are rah, 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 behind it, it made it sound less stupid. He sounds like Ben Shapiro trying to front a bag. Oh, God, don't give him ideas. Oh, never mind. And that was (laughs) the worst song of the the week. week. So now that we have found Rob. (laughs) Yeah. Aw. Poor baby. Rob's in the rug. The housekeeper was right. There's something weird about that rug. That rug is fucking weird. And good honor for saying something. Yeah. Because she could have just been like, I don't know, rich white people shit. Right? And kept I'm pushing. On to the next job. And by all rights, because I don't think Nancy was kind to her. No. (laughs) Rob might have been. There's no way. She only said something because Rob was nice.
1: There you go. Yeah, I, I have a hard time imagining him being, like, petty or cruel. To I told you, anybody. he's,
0: like, the best version of us uber wealthy. Yeah. He's, like, the best version of the 1%. Yeah. Like, if they could all be like him. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I wouldn't have any beef. Exactly. Like I said, if we went back in time. Yeah. We could probably convince him to use his powers <laughs> for good. So, first we tell him to leave Nancy. Yes. Like, just trust and believe it is not going to end well for you, that yeah, guy. Don't do this. So once we've got that settled, this is how you can <laughs> use your powers for good. <laughs> in nineteen, in two thousand one, she's gonna have an affair. Just take your babies and go. Exactly. Now in two thousand and seven, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Nancy would go on trial for Rob's murder in June of two thousand five. It it takes some. It takes time.
2: Mm-hmm. Even
0: in Hong Kong, Hong Kong at this time. Hong Kong is using more of the, the British penal system, mm-hmm. so here we are. They're still transitioning, yeah. I think to this very day. Yeah, it it's, yeah, it's a big change. It's a lot of growing pains. <laughs> yes. Because Hong Kong, for all intents and purposes, has been a western Yeah, an independent. It's, it's a British colony. Yeah. For, like, what, a hundred-something years? Was yeah, close means? to... So they've been ran like a British colony, which means they have all the rights and freedoms such as they are, because all of that shit is subjective. Yeah. That any other British citizen would have. And then to go back to like, so mainland China don't let you do shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's got to be... We a, got a list of acceptable activities and you will stick to it. It's got to be a, a tough hoe. Yeah. So Nancy's first line of defense in her trial... Was strictly cosmetic.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Nancy had been dyeing her naturally mousy brown hair blonde for years, mm-hmm. and as Rob made more and more money, she traded in her kind of shortish, wispy pixie cut. Mm-hmm. You know that, like Natalie and Bruglia, yeah. Oh, I
1: know what you are talking about. Mushroomy, that. yeah, yeah. Bridget Pix- Fonda,
0: yeah, that pixie. Um, she had traded that in for a shortish, very chic. Bob, that was styled mm-hmm. in the finest sons in Hong Kong. Five thousand dollars. She better have had like twelve bitches with her for that. No, and I know that she like didn't. she
1: should have been getting some Botox,
0: and she should have check. come out of there literally a new woman. I should not <laughs> yes. have recognized her when yeah. she came out of yes. there. She needs more bits and pieces
2: <laughs> needed to have been added
0: for that kind of money. Nancy looked. Every bit because before this little cosmetic change, Nancy looked every bit of the cold, crazy, western, rich expat asshole yes. that the Hong Kong <laughs> papers were making her out to be. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. A lot of these folks in Hong Kong, especially the ones that work in the service industry
2: mm-hmm.
0: around this time, they got no real love for these expats. No. Like, they gotta deal with them because it's their job and yes. they work in the service industry. But, let's be real. These are like weird, eccentric, rich fuckos with more money than sense. Yeah. And they just got to watch him be weird yeah. and insulting <laughs> to local custom and God only knows what's yeah, going on there. and they won't learn the language. And, and all of that bullshit. But it, and I got to clean up after him. Yeah. Because uh-huh. I've got a family to support. Yeah. <sighs> got to drive these assholes roundly. <sighs> so, yeah. for reference, this is a picture of uh, Nancy and Andrew in happier times. That's the five thousand dollar bob. I can't call it, girl. I can't call it. <laughs> Looks brassy to me. But, but you can they don't s- like her. But you can see where the roots are. You know, it the the reason it was probably that expensive was just because she's an asshole. There's probably. just a premium on it. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> and this was then like closer when they were were, were dating. That's Aww. the little like pixie bob. That's cute. I mean, like it, it was it was not a bad haircut. It's. A haircut that is very much of its time. Yes. So this is Nancy as she's going to trial. Is she squinting her eyes? And she's dyed her hair back. She doesn't just dye her hair black, chestnut brown, mousy brown. She has dyed it
2: damn near
0: black. Yeah. Like... Asian lady black. Yes. The Beijing is in full effect mode. <laughs> well, Beijing is a brand name that like Southern guys put in their beards to cover the gray. <laughs> yeah. But you get my point. Yes. She's got on these wire rimmed glasses. Yes. Very little makeup. She's squinting. Her eyes are not small like that. Yeah. And the whole point of all of this is to try to make her look as... Is she wearing contacts? To try to make herself look... As Chinese as humanly possible. (gasps) Because her defense team, she and her defense team believe that if she's sitting there with a $5,000 haircut, bleach blonde, yada, 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 the jury of Chinese people Mm -hmm. will not take her claims of self-defense seriously. She's just a rich Western asshole who gets what she gets. If they make her look more Chinese... Mm. Then she might become more sympathetic. That is so racist. Her lawyer was Australian.
1: Oh, for fuck's <laughs> sake!
0: God! They're racist assholes! <laughs> How simple do you think these people are? Go to Mike or look more Chinese! Yes. They'll think that you're one of their own. Squeak! 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 Sky almighty! It is the most racist and most ridiculous defense strategy I've ever heard in my it's life. Gross. She spent way too much time and probably a ridiculous sum of money to look fake Chinese. Oh
1: my god.
0: That's revol- I feel like that should be an extra charge added to the <laughs> offense. Like, she did everything but get, like, lid fold surgery, oh essentially. Ugh. Which... She, she probably she's is not above. She's not above it. They just didn't have time oh for that. God. But yeah, but she. everything it's like murder and hate crime. At this, all at once. It. Rose Nancy Kessel ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Nancy. So yeah, that was the first prong of the defense strategy. Make her look Chinese. Oh, God. Uh, I this is an expensive lawyer, too. Very. God. Make her look Chinese. <laughs> it
2: works every it's time. the plan.
0: All squinting. Just looking like a bad Mickey Rooney in these streets.
2: Right?
1: Ugh. They they stopped just short of the buck tea.
0: Yeah. God almighty. It, it, is, it is some of the most offensive. Yet finest yellow face I have <laughs> ever seen in my entire life. Like she doesn't paint her skin that yeah. color or anything. But it would everything help. but um, Yeah. Yeah. But so like it's the most offensive yet amazing thing I've ever yeah. seen in my <laughs> entire life. Like, I can't even believe that like somebody said it and you said okay. God damn it. And you thought this is gonna work. It's a thing. Like you Oh my god. You're like, yeah. That's a thing. Uh. Gonna look Chinese. (laughs) Yeah, they won't see through this. No one will see through (sighs) this. Girl. So for her part, Nancy and her team, after they tried to turn her Chinese... I... I can't call it, girl. Now that stupid song, I'm turning Japanese I'm is running through my head. And, you can, but you're feeling it from here because I'm like I'm 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 about to do uh, turning Japanese. Japanese I, think I think I'm turning, turning Japanese. Japanese. I, really I really think so. <laughs> and that song should not have been. But I was also a no. child when it came out, so I feel like I get a pass for not knowing any better. Yeah, than just singing the catchy song. Yes, <laughs> but that song is fucked up. It really is. Never singing again outside of this <laughs> context. It's like it's fucked. It belongs in 1981 where it was born. Yeah, and it stays firmly there. Yeah. So after they got that bullshit done, Nancy's team said Ooh. that Rob's murder was an act of self defense. <laughs> that Rob was a coke addled, drunken abuser who had raped and sodomized Nancy oh throughout God. their five years in Hong Kong. <laughs> For their part, the prosecution submitted that Nancy had drugged Rob with roofies. Yep. She no she straight up got some like Rohypnols, like straight up date rape drug. No doubt. I I would not put this past her. Put it in a put the drugs in a milkshake.
1: Oh my god.
0: But she then got their like 7-year-old daughter to serve him. Oh my god. Gross. And then when Rob was good and passed out from the roofies, she beat him to death with a bronze statue and a baseball bat. Oh my god, beast! I buried the lead on that one when I said that Bill shouldn't <laughs> pull back the 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 sheets. But yeah, Yikes. she yeah. basically he was damn near unrecognizable. She, oh, she caved his face and oh my god, animal! It was it was rough. Yeah, was coward! Yeah, you gotta roof you. Because nobody's gonna stand there and let you beat them with yeah. a bronze statue. They'll move. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> nobody's gonna let you come at him with a bat. They'll move. Yeah. She firmly did not need him to move. <laughs> <laughs> On the stand, handymen in Nancy's building testified that she had called them to move a large, heavy carpet into the storage area of the basement. And that as they put the carpet onto a dolly and moved it, There was a very distinct foul odor coming Mm. from the rug. Like one of those real big area rugs. Yeah. Nancy would admit that she occasionally would roofie Rob. She'd been doing it on and off for years. (laughs) On and off for years. I've been roofing him for years. Yeah. Not that John Stamos way. (laughs) No. He does it to stay svelte. Yeah. She... (laughs) He roofies himself to stay sexy. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of his workout routine. Sometimes oh it backfires. <laughs> <laughs> but she roofied Rob on occasion in the hopes that it would make him less aggressive towards her and the okay. children.
2: Yes.
0: I. Yeah. Yeah, lady. But the drugs never had the desired effect <laughs> because Rob could just fight through the fog and beat my ass anyway. <laughs> I wish... I wish, I wish, I wish. Right? (laughs) I don't advocate spousal violence, but in this case, (laughs) the woman's (laughs) planning to collapse your face in with a bronze statue and a baseball bat. Get her first. (laughs) Yes. Get her first.
1: In these cases,
0: (laughs) yes. And on the night that Rob was killed, she beat him to death in self-defense. Yet she had no memory of the actual beating. (laughs) <laughs> she copped to him. And she, I was disassociated. I don't know. Oh, shut the fuck up, I got, Nancy. One of the Kissel's neighbors, a guy named Andrew Tanter, testified that on the day Rob went, the night before Rob went missing, he had gone over to the Kissel house with Rob, and that was when their 7-year-old daughter served both Andrew and Rob a strawberry milkshake. mm the neighbor said it tasted a little funky. Oh, God. But he put it up to little kids making milkshakes. Yeah. It's probably too much of something and not enough of something else. Yeah. It it didn't taste bad enough to put him off in. Yeah. <laughs> essentially, but it did. Yeah. That was the last thing you remembered that night. Yeah. <laughs> um. Homeboy went back to his apartment because it was in the same building mm-hmm. as the, as the, the Kissel's came home from that little jaunt came home went to bed and his wife could barely rouse him. Wow um she was able to get him up to go to di- to have dinner with their family but he was like pract- he was dazed in half sleep mm. through all of dinner and after their dinner he basically slept for like 16 hours. Wow shit. When he woke up, he was right as rain. Yeah. So his wife was like, That's weird. <laughs> yeah, that is weird. And more likely than not, Nancy drugged them both. She just only yeah. wanted to kill one of them. <laughs> yeah. And also, how fucked up is it that you'd get your fucking kid? I know. To serve her father, the instrument of his demise. Right? You racist whore. <laughs> yeah. Coward, racist whore. Now, Nancy admitted making um, the milkshake for one of her children and a visiting child who was the kid of a mm-hmm. neighbor that basically passed out for 16 hours. <laughs> right, right. But she denied drugging it. Because mm-hmm. she would never harm anybody else or their children. Mm-hmm. Basically, you probably weren't expecting Rob to come back with a buddy. Yeah, and your daughter's little friend, and you already had the shit made. Yeah. So you just told the daughter to give it to the two men, and you would just sort the rest out later. Yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> Rob's PI testified that Rob had suspected Nancy was trying to kill him, because there were a few times where his scotch tasted funny, mm. or he noticed, like, weird sediment yeah. at the bottom of his uh, scotch. Yeah. Again, Nancy said, yeah, there was a few times that I would roofie his scotch so that he would leave me alone. <laughs> oh my God. But on the on the time in question, since the roofies never worked, Nancy had put fresh scotch on top of the roofied scotch so he wouldn't have known. There wouldn't <laughs> have been enough roofie. Okay. Sure. And the hits keep coming. <laughs> the PI, like I said earlier, the PI had tried to press Rob to go to the doctor. Yeah get some blood. You've got money to just go get blood work. Yeah. You don't gotta wait until like... There are like, no
1: barriers,
0: sir. You don't gotta wait until your annual checkup like the rest mm-hmm. of us. You could just go get blood work. Yeah. um, Like to see if there's something funny in your system. But Rob never did it because he was guilty, felt guilty, but, um he thought that Nancy would stupid. <laughs> she denied your dying mother. Yeah. Her final wish to see you get married yeah. to her
1: she only had to move it
0: up a month, you know? I would have hung her from a trellis to flowers in the attic style. Oh, my God, <laughs> yes, yes. And I would have took those granny boots because those granny boots were cute. Yes. But I would have hung her from a trellis yes. <laughs> flowers in the attic style. Yes. Because oh, dear, fuck dear. you. Yeah. And fed her a poison cookie yes. and then burned the whole thing to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> that was Elaine's dying wish. Yeah. Everyone took everyone that took the stand testified that Rob was a good, solid dude, and that Nancy was the more problematic part of the couple. <laughs> she's an asshole. She's yeah. mean to the staff, she's short tempered. She's an asshole. Yeah. She's an asshole. She's an asshole. Holy, holy, S S H O L E. asshole. Yeah. Well, Nancy and Rob were financially generous with their household staff. Like it, it didn't take much for Nancy to threaten mm-hmm. a housekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> Just whatever mean, horrible shit she did. To If something wasn't done to whatever her specifications were, whatever. If you weren't sure whether or not Nancy is an asshole, there are rumors that part of her defense team quit because she's so difficult to work with. (laughs) Not surprised. As much money as she can throw at them, they're like, not worth it. I'll go defend somebody else. Fuck you. That is difficult. Yeah. Lots of prosecution witnesses testified that Nancy was all too aware that Rob was about to file for divorce, Mm. Um, driving home their theory that Nancy killed Rob to get her hands on his $5.5 million dollar estate yep, so that she could move back to the U.S. and continue to throck, throck, throck (laughs) with the TV repair guy. Yeah. With old... The unemployed... TV repair guy. guy. So, for their part, Nancy's defense tried to paint Rob as a violent drug addict into illicit sex. (laughs) He was a sex tourist in Taiwan, you know. And to drive home the point that Rob was a violent Angry man yeah. who was quick with his fists. Mm-hmm. They pointed the old sports injuries. Oh my God! So that time he broke his wrist at fourteen playing yeah. street hockey. That's a sign that he was violent. Okay. The time he twisted his knee playing soccer. Yeah. He's violent. <laughs> the time he broke, He's an animal. He I broke, tell you. He broke his ankle skiing. He cracked his collarbone snowboarding. <laughs> All of that was showing that he was a violent man his <laughs> No, that just means he's a clumsy sportsman. Yeah. Yes. Pretty much. <laughs> Whatever. That's a lot of that is a lot of injuries. The defense even tried to show that Rom had a habit of looking up escorts in Taiwan. Ugh. And that he was an avid sex tourist with a taste for the inappropriately young. Okay. But the only dirty things that they were able to find on the Kissel family computers were the dirty emails that Nancy was sending to Mike. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and like, but let me assure you, yeah, he and, was worse. You're right, and, and Nancy's search online for varying sleeping pills and whatnot, <laughs> which all of this, by the way, How was captured hypnol. All of this was captured, by the way, by the spyware that Rob has installed when he was looking into her affair. But he's the dirty one. Yeah. (laughs) There's no evidence of it because he never searched for anything remotely close to any of it. But we're telling you he did. Yeah. He made it go away. (laughs)
2: <laughs> he cleared his
0: cookies right before she could. yeah. She caved his head. In. He cleared his cookies, rebooted and updated Google, and then he signed out of all of his devices, and then he changed all of his passwords yeah. and he cleared all the passwords. And that's why we don't have any computer evidence captured by the spyware, but trust and believe yeah. he's horrible. It's obvious. <laughs> it's obvious, Your Honor. And- I mean, it's ridiculous, but they do what they job. They tried it. Their job is to try it, right? Yeah. She's not giving them much to work with. Nancy's trial would last a total of three months. Oh, my God. Yeah. At the time, it was the biggest case in Taiwan. Like, this is their OJ. This is their... (laughs) This is, like, insert huge true crime thing from the early aughts right here. and, And this is it in Hong Kong. And it was especially like, see, I told you those Westerners, man. (laughs) Man. They're barbarians. In the end, it was all for naught. Mm -hmm. Nancy Kissel was convicted of her husband's murder on September 1st, 2005. Yay. And sentenced to life in prison. Good. While Bill was satisfied with the verdict, He did hate that Nancy's defense team tried to drag his son through the mud with accusations of being a rapey, drug-addled sex tourist. The sex tourist part is especially galling because that is a real problem. Yes, it is.
1: You know... it's like to falsely accuse
0: this dead man who can't defend himself. It's gross. It's gross to, like, actually murder him and then try to murder his reputation as a person. Exactly. Like, have you? You have no bottom, Adam. No, she doesn't. She denied his mother her dying wish. That was a yes. harbinger of things to yeah. come. If you can do that, mm-hmm. you can do anything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> put on yellow face to try to get out of it. Yes. Yes. Everything but the buck teeth and the <sighs> face paint, basically. After the trial, uh, there, there were rumors that Nancy had planned to dismember Rob's body and ship the bits to the U.S. for disposal. Oh, my God. That was a fun rumor. <laughs> uh, She's probably like, God damn, I wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> she probably did, but whatever. <laughs> Nancy's affair partner, Mike, was never... Really investigated or tried for his involvement with Rob's yeah. death, mostly because they looked at his passport and everything. It was like in New Jersey, right? Yeah, like yeah. There was no, nothing to indicate that um, he had traveled in and out of Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, outside of their dirty emails. Oh, and there were plenty of dirty emails. <laughs> plenty. Good God. These two was one finger typing. Ew. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> Oh, they were dirty, uh-huh. but outside of their dirty emails, there was no indication that he knew what she was up to. Yeah. So, Mike got to live another day to I don't know, fuck another client's wife or something. I don't know. <laughs> in April of two thousand eight, Nancy appealed her conviction, which was denied. Good, but she took another bite of the apple at the of the apple in January twenty ten,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and both cases. Nancy argued that the cops mishandled evidence. There's a tiny bit of truth to it. Like, when they searched um, her apartment and when they searched the basement, they didn't really have proper search warrants. They were treating it as a missing person's case. Yeah. And after they looked around the apartment, the only reason they went to the basement was because the housekeeper said, I think there's something weird in the basement. Mm -hmm. To the strictest letter of the law, They should have gone back to headquarters, Mm. talked to the DA. Yeah, said this person says there's something hinky in the basement. Yeah, gone to a judge, got a proper warrant, and then come back. Yeah, strictest letter of the law. Yeah, and they didn't do that, and so that's why she ended up getting her um her retrial. Oh, she was granted a retrial in February 2010. Mm. I guess. There. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't I like it I, but I get it I don't like giving her a win trust no. and believe <laughs> but so Nancy in 2010 is re-indicted yeah. for Rob's murder in March of 2010 Okay, and much like the first trial Nancy tried to paint herself as the battered woman who had touched so much mm-hmm. and she stopped and she doesn't remember <laughs> In her testimony, Nancy would say that she was guilty she was not guilty of murder, she was guilty of manslaughter by on the basis of diminished capacity mm. because of the abusive relationship she was oh, in. Oh God. Once again, it was all for naught. Good. Because on March twenty fifth, two thousand eleven, after hearing evidence from over fifty prosecution and defense witnesses Jesus. over ten weeks. The jury unanimously found Nancy guilty, guilty, guilty as charged, Yay. and once again sentenced her to life in prison. Now get back in your hole. <laughs> the hole is the goal. <laughs> yes. On April 24th, 2014, the court of final appeal refused to allow another appeal against the verdict of her 2011 retrial rejecting Nancy's arguments that the prosecution was wrong to tell the retrial jury that his client was not suffering any psychiatric illness (laughs) and that the trial judge had erred in directing the jury. Mm. It's their job to try it. That is literally a defense attorney's job. Try it. So far, any other appeals have failed, and Nancy is going to be sitting in a Hong Kong prison. For the rest of her natural fucking life. Good. But that won't be the last tragedy. No! To befall the Kissel family. Oh, God. And I'm going to save that (laughs) for next week. Dun, dun, dun.
2: Talk deadly to me.
0: (laughs) Well played. And on that note, I have been Samara. And I have been
2: Jeannie. And you know this has been Talk Talk Deadly Deadly to to me. Me. (laughs) Ha 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 ha.